All right, welcome back in to There Will Be Bourbon. If you are not watching on YouTube, you're gonna miss out on uh, some visual, <laughs> some visuals that uh, my good friend who I cherish and appreciate her different views on many things, but at least important <laughs> enough to share them, and that is Veronica. So welcome in. Hey, I'm, right. I'm happy to be here. Just to briefly tell you about Veronica. So uh, we don't agree on much except for our chosen method of working out, which is CrossFit. So she is a CrossFitter. Um, however, she's been doing it long enough that she's probably not going to tell you about it with everything that she says. Right. So that's kind of a big misnomer. Um, if you start out with CrossFit, you have to tell everybody about it. It's much like anything else. However, she's been doing it long enough. That's how we met once upon a time in good old Kuwait, CrossFit Eric John in 2015. And aside from that, like I said, we don't really agree on much except our love for this country. And she has a very unique perspective and a lot of things that formulate, I guess, her opinions and, and her experiences to why she feels the way she does, which is exactly why I wanted to have her on. This is kind of what I talked about when I did sort of the introduction on what I thought this podcast would eventually be. Um, she is a first-generation American. Both parents are from, are from Mexico. And you said, how, how did your mom come here? My mom crossed the border illegally once upon a time. There we go. So, so <laughs> that's, that's a – can you say that? Probably not. So how many of you have a mom who crossed illegally? So that's fucking gangster, in my opinion, um, especially to survive it, number one. So – she almost did it. My grandmother, my grandmother pushed her down a hill. She almost didn't make it, but that was, that was more just, we might have to get your mom. Her lack of athleticism. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And then you, you said you're also a dog mom. So how many dogs do you currently have? Four now. Four. I got a ferret, but Hey, I'm a criminal apparently because I'm in California with a ferret. So somebody come do something. No, I'm just, (laughs) Oh, is that illegal now? It's illegal in California, New York. And so, I mean, fuck it. We might as well tell this story. So a few years ago, my daughter was out here living with me for school. And my brother and I had ferret, had a ferret when we were younger. Um, not her age. I had it. He got it when he went to college. And then it kind of dumped it off on me while I was in high school. And he was great. Like, they're super fucking awesome pets. But when she was out here, she was out here for like seventh grade at the time. And I was like, all right, I know she wants a pet. But. I'm not getting a cat. I'm not getting a dog because I know I'm going to be, and I'm going to be the one stuck with them. And I'm just not home enough. I felt like it would be selfish of me to have those pets. So I was like, look, we'll get a fucking ferret because ferrets sleep all day, like 18 hours. They're super self-sufficient. They don't need a lot of attention other than when they're out. And if you want to do this, we'll do it. But we had to go to Reno, Nevada to smuggle it in. So I sat her down because she was 12 at the time. I was like, look, little girl, check it out. So your ferret also crossed the border illegally. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, check this out, little girl. Look, I'm going to explain something to you. Okay. What we're going to do technically is illegal. And if you're not comfortable with us going across the border and getting this ferret and bringing it in to the state of California legally, let me know and we won't do it. Otherwise, like this is a mission and we have to accomplish it. And I need you to just be a supportive and on board. Okay. We're either deciding to do it or we're not. We can't ride turn or, back. Ride or die. I like it. Oh, that is cool. Let's go do it. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. So we did. Um, once I picked her up in Nevada, we made my truck look like I was moving and I still had California tags. So when you came across the border to the vegetation, it's like, it's like an agricultural inspection site. 
anywhere you come into California, they have those, right? So you have to stop. Usually they only stop people with out-of-state tags. So I had a California tag, and I remember we were driving through, and I'm slowing down, and the, the border agent is this female. She's looking. She looks down at the tag, and then she just waved us through, and I was like, yep, you know, high-five the little girl, and we smuggled in a ferret. So like Jay-Z once upon said, come and get me. But anyway. If this right. podcast doesn't work out, you can always make a living as a coyote, apparently. You're pretty, it sounds like you're pretty good at this. Like you have a knack for it. I'll start a whole other uh, <laughs> podcast on how to smuggle ferrets in. <laughs> might be only one episode before I get shut down. But You're the next Joe Exotic. I'm trying to be the next Joe Rogan. But <laughs> oh, well, there you <laughs> no, go. I'm I'm <laughs> never be, let's be honest. I will never achieve that level of success. It's too late. Um, but anyway, also, before we get started, you mentioned that it is National Tequila Day. It is. This is a bourbon-fueled show. Um, I do have the Beam Turkey 2020 campaign shirt for those listening on podcast sites. Sorry, you can't see that. Um, but then also, I do like to mention what I am sipping on for the evening, and it's going to be a little Wild Turkey 101 because Jim, or Beam Turkey. I don't know why Turkey's like appears to be in the VP slot, but whatever. That's what I'm sipping on. However... You said it's National Tequila Day. You are sipping on a margarita. So what did I do? We've got some leftovers here, okay? So my girl, um, we did taco night about two months ago, and she made me three margaritas. And literally after she left, I died. Like it was bad. <laughs> I don't know if she spiked it or what. She claimed she didn't, but this is the leftover tequila from it. So I'm going to do a slight little baby shot. All right. Cause it's, you know, national tequila day. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm equal opportunity compliant. Okay. I appreciate we're that. The, we're for the people. We're for all people here. That's it. Here we go. <laughs> Ooh, oh God. Salud. Thank you. Um, for those who didn't witness that the shot was secured. Oh my God. How do you guys do that? Without cringing that much. Jeez. Get it together. Wow. All right. So I've done my part to honor National Tequila Day. Now, let's get started on just what the hell has been going on in 2020. Okay. Let's take this in order. You know, and I don't even want to talk about the fucking virus. I don't want to do that right now. Like, well, okay. Let me just ask you from your perspective, have you had any family, friends, anybody affected by COVID at all? So I actually have. Yeah. So, uh, so my, my, uh, on a lighter note, right. Uh, so my boyfriend's in the military and yeah. he, uh, he caught COVID, uh, lost like sense of taste, sense of smell. That was me. Um, yeah, it was, mm. it, uh, I mean, luckily his, his symptoms were pretty mild and he was, you know, mostly just broken because he couldn't taste his food, which we can yeah, get through. It sucks. Right? Um, I couldn't drink yeah. my, taste my bourbon. That's how I was fucking pissed. <laughs> yeah. Like no alcohol, couldn't taste chocolate, could it, like nothing. Right. So needless to say, all of his post-workout <laughs> meals were miserable. Like he wasn't even getting endorphins from eating his food. Just yeah. So, <laughs> and, then, and then on a, on, I guess on a little bit more of a somber note, I had an uncle that actually died from it. Um, Fuck. So he made a living here in the United States, did well for himself and decided to retire in Mexico because the dollar stretches a lot further there. Um, Went into the hospital for just a routine visit. And while he was there, um, caught coronavirus and then passed away four days later. 
Fuck. Super so dramatic. He caught it, he caught it down he caught in it Mexico. In Mexico, in, in like a in a very in a nice hospital. Um, okay. And the the worst part is that obviously you know like being Catholic, you know they have they do the the big ceremonies and yeah. the big funerals. Um, they wouldn't even release the body to the, our family. They had to they cremated him on site and they like gave the what? family ashes. Yeah, they're not even releasing the bodies out there, which is again something you just we didn't so realize all, or. Yeah, all that does is throw up my red flags even higher. Oh like, no! <laughs> I mean, that's you, how fucked up is that? I, and I on a I scale of one to ten. I, I mean, I guess like the like the on a personal note, like yeah, I think that's screwed up, right? Like they should be able to grieve and put him in the ground and yeah. you know do, go through their process, right? In an ideal situation, but I mean, I guess if the country doesn't have an understanding of how the virus spreads and. Like, okay, I get so, it. You know, they don't want to put a funeral home at risk. And Is that just know. a Mexican policy that you know of? I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if that's the state well, policy okay. in the country or if it's just that hospital. But that was just the case. Uh, that's, that's just what happened. That was just my family's experience. Yeah, it seems like a total usurping of the family right. You know, each yeah. doing a death. But no, because I feel like you're the second person. Like, I talked to somebody last week who they've had family members as well. I already told you the same thing as your boyfriend. I lost sense of taste and yeah. for like a week, about a week. I didn't get anything else. I still worked. I still, I didn't have any other symptoms. It was just all of a yep. sudden I'm out barbecuing and drinking bourbon. I'm like, well, that's weird. I know what this should taste like. And it was, just <laughs> but then my yeah. girlfriend, she got it um, significantly worse. She, she's had history of pneumonia. She's asthmatic. So she was pretty fucking bad for about two and a half, about two and a half weeks. And then recently my parents both just got it. Oh wow. And my dad is, my dad's 71 years old. Like this dude is, it, you know, I hate to say this, but if anyone was not going to make it, it was him. Cause he's just, he's yeah. super asthmatic, multiple heart surgeries, just not, I mean, fucking 71 years old, but just, he's just had a wealth right. of health issues his entire life. Fortunately, my mom's a nurse and has basically kept him alive or he'd been gone a long time ago. Sorry, dad, but that's just being honest. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they both got it and they're fine now. You know, they went through about two weeks of just the self-quarantine. They live in the middle of fucking nowhere in Tennessee. So it's fine. They could easily do that. Good. They were just super fatigued. Like that was their thing. Um, I still don't think my dad's taste is fully returned, but you know, other than that, they're fine. They just were cleared and they came out and visited us a few weeks ago. So it's weird because of what you said, like, your uncle caught it and four days later that was it and then yeah. we have our experiences like your boyfriend my parents uh the man i talked to last week who i don't i just don't think we have a real good understanding of what it's going to do once no. you get it right <laughs> no. like we don't know what what's no. going to happen once you get it but we're, we're 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 causing a lot of second and third order effects based on how we react to it because of the economy. Uh, most of the people affected by this are not fucking CEOs and, you know, people who can chill out for four or five months and not work. Right. We're, we're talking about right. literally our, the backbone of our economy. And that's what I, that's what I worry about. Cause uh, are, you're in Virginia, uh, North Carolina, North Carolina. I don't know where I, I you mentioned you, it's all you, the same. The yeah, lines all blur East coast. So I'm There's in California Bay area. So like, 
they recently shut everything down again, but based on my experience mm-hmm. uh, over the past week, I don't think anyone's really listening at this point. Um, you know, restaurants are still for the most part takeaway or outdoor seating, whatever. I don't know how it is. How is it in North Carolina? We wear masks to dinner, but yeah. everything's still pretty much open. Yeah. Okay. Cause yeah, we do the mask. You, you got to do the mask everywhere, but once you sit down, obviously you, you take it off, but uh, so the bars and everything are open out there or no? Yeah, bars are open. Restaurants are, they, are open. No, um, all, we, all we got are restaurants. They reclosed my gym. I can't fucking go to the gym. Now I own a bunch of my equipment, fortunately, because all CrossFitters yeah. do, right? But yeah, so they reclosed our gym last week. Um, they reopened it for about a month. Gyms were reopened for about a month. Um, like my gym is cool. Like great gym. I, you'd love these dudes. So <laughs> one of the owners is like the the chief for the fire department in the city um so and it, it just sucks because the dude's like i think 44 45 and he's just fucking smokes all of us like it's ridiculous how good a shape that's the worst that's uh, that's so embarrassing he's like very like, he's like very borderline crossfit games level athlete right but the dude's 45 takes his shirt off he's fucking shredded i'm like all right that's that's cool we're gonna do that <laughs> Keep my shirt <laughs> so, but yeah so they had like op- reopened the gym they had you know they were only letting 12 people in at a time they had little boxes on the floor it almost looked like a competition every time you went in because you had like your own little workout space and you put your equipment in it right so yeah the county unfortunately shut down again gyms are closed um we're just it is what it is right yep let me ask you that let me get your take on this because um for those who can't see this and are listening veronica is wearing a black lives do matter shirt Okay. It's actually, it looks like a workout shirt. Is that like a... Yeah, it's one of my workout shirts. Little, little cross yeah. it. Did you make that or did you buy it? No, my gym made it actually. Yeah, gym made it? Okay. Yeah. They, I, I've, been, I've been blessed to be part of a small CrossFit community here that's very, very inclusive, which is good, yeah. you know, because... Most are, right? Have, isn't your experience? You, you would think so. And I think that's probably one of the most surprising things about like the whole Greg Glassman thing that happened, right? Like, Glad you brought that up. Oh, that's just... Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you read a lot of the articles that came out, especially like people who were outspoken or had yeah. worked at CrossFit headquarters, one of the things that I guess surprised people was, hey, you know, Greg Glassman never came off as a racist. He's just a misogynist prick. <laughs> like Dick. that was, yeah, that was just the, that was what I think surprised people more than anything else. Yeah. Um, but, you know, CrossFit has had an issue with inclusivity specifically because a lot of CrossFit gyms tend to be in a little bit more affluent areas. It's an expensive sport. You don't really see a lot of those in like urban or inner city areas or low income areas probably is probably the better phrase to use. Um, but I've been, I've been pretty blessed that like, as soon as, you know, like the whole Black Lives Matter, you know, started to come up again, because BLM has been around for at least the last five, six years. But once this started happening again, um, and then Greg Glassman had to make his idiotic comment, like my gym was on the forefront of being like, hey, this is exactly where we stand and we are not, you know, yeah. okay with these comments and we are not okay. And they lost gym members over it. And yeah, I mean, just well, what it is, but. no, that's true. But I say this and you know what, I'll probably piss off the fucking libertarian sect, but look, I've, I've met greg glassman multiple times at the games when i when i would go every year when they were in california um i knew always that he was a libertarian but my experience with libertarians is for the most part they're just fucking dicks because they don't want to they don't have no they don't want they don't want to take any yeah they don't want to take any side on anything they just want everybody to do what they want and then they can't really explain how that's going to ever actually work out in an organized society and you know and 
no, great. I don't, I really don't care if the libertarians get mad. That's fine. Because like I said, they, they're just, Hey, everybody do whatever they want. And, yeah. That works. I think, out. My, I think my struggle with the libertarian party is that it's fundamental. Like it's, it's cir- it circulates or it's based around this notion that like, Oh, people are going to do the right thing. If you give them the opportunity to, and they don't like, no, at no What's point. In history, right now. <laughs> I think I, I, yeah, exactly. Hey, you have the opportunity to either pay your CEOs all of these parachute benefits before you go bankrupt or file for bankruptcy, or you can like take care of your employees. Mm. We've never seen yeah. any like, or I think child labor laws, you know, or, you know, black history or the history of women or history of minorities in this country, I think pretty much shows like we don't give a shit about people when it comes down to the almighty until you, dollar. Until you force we it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, corporations give a shit about the bottom line. They're not going to take care of people. It's just not what they're meant to do. And it's, it is what it is, but yeah, it's like a utopian, it's this utopian society that doesn't exist. Right. And well, God, there's so much, I have to bring you back. (laughs) We're going to take like 17 hours to do this. So we got to, but so my thing with the, with the CrossFit thing, right? It's, Mm -hmm. I think, Every, you, you brought up a, a good point about the cost, right? Somehow CrossFit managed to normalize $150 on average as a gym membership for a month, right? And they justify it by like, oh, well, you're paying the trainers and the coaches and all that. And, and if you ever did- level one and they yeah, have like ANSI certifications. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and I'm cool with it because you know what? At the end of the day, I've done everything from, you know, I was a member of Planet Fitness for 10 bucks a month once upon a time. Uh, I did LA fitness. I did 24 hour fitness or whatever the fuck it's called at this point. Uh, I've done every possible powerhouse gym in Florida. I've done every possible gym membership. And you know what? I will gladly pay the extra money to do my own thing in my own place. Or if I want to do a class with some people, great, whatever. So yeah, I'll, I'll give CrossFit all the credit in the world because they basically Greg Glassman created a fucking $4 billion business by all estimates. Right. I'm not, you know what? I wouldn't be. I. Right, we, have to, we have to disagree. We have to disagree on everything, right? No, I, I don't disagree necessarily, but I don't. I don't feel like I. I don't feel like Craig Glassman. Greg Glassman gets all the credit, right? I feel that. Well, not all the credit, but he did. Or even like the majority. Nine shit. You know. Right. I, I think for. I think for me, the big. The big draw to CrossFit has always been the community, and yes. the community is built on on like, you know, in these like little microcosms, they're small and they all seem to manage to have the same like sort of feel where you're all pushing each other to be better. There's this drive to feel included. And like you do, like, I think like as huge, so I'm going to go off on a tangent here. I think as people, as people, right? Like we want to feel like we belong to something, which is why we have these like, you know, the military community, the police community, church religion like and i'm not gonna say crossfit's a religion but this this inclusivity this little group this community this nucleus that you have where you feel like you belong to something is a good feeling especially for people that don't have these other outlets so for us you know having a community within a community right because we had the military but then we also got to be inside of this little like this group within a group this subgroup Mm -hmm. right it was unlike any other any other thing I've ever been a part of. And, you know, some of my best friends for the last seven, eight years have been other CrossFitters that I met in Kandahar, Afghanistan, doing yeah. the 
gnarly, just miserable workout in 105 degree heat, burning your hands on like mm-hmm. pull up bars and like just at the point where your sweat is crusted over into salt. Like you're just, but these memories of these yeah. miserable, grueling workouts are tied to some of the, some people you'd have, you'd never meet or get to know on yep. any other platform, right? And I think to me, that's always been so special. Um, and even now in a, you know, in a, in a civilian CrossFit community, I feel a lot of that. And it's really cool to see women pushing other women or, you know, even, you know, women who otherwise, I'm going to speak obviously as a, as a woman, but like, you know, seeing right. other women push other women to be stronger, to be faster, yep. to, hey, are you coming to the gym today? Like getting that text message, like, hey, you're going to be there. It's a partner workout. Like you better fucking be there. It's such <laughs> a, it's, it's a good feeling like to have that accountability and it makes yeah. you want to go because you're part yeah. of something. Yeah. So I, I think that's, that's really what the draw is for me about CrossFit and, you know, shelling out the like hundred and whatever, you know, yeah. 40, yeah, hundred and whatever dollars a month. Um, coaching is obviously a bonus. I have a little yeah. bit longer in the CrossFit community. So the coaching is, you know, usually just, I need somebody to yell at me just to motivate me when I'm not feeling it, you know, but, but yeah, I I love, I love the community. I love seeing people, you know, PR, get their personal best on like, you know, on like a squat day or whatever. It's it's always a good feeling to see somebody grow. So. Yeah. Well, and then that's, let's talk about like when we were in Eric John in 2015 at, at that gym, it's the same thing, right? Like two of my best friends to this day who came out of that were, you know, you remember Tim and yeah. Rob, right? And on a normal deployment, whatever you want to call it, I would have never met them. Yep. You know, there one was a commanding officer at the time. The other was an XO. Like I, why would I have, I, I, I barely have those relationships in my company. Why would I have them with another unit's officers? Right. Right. Um, yeah. To this day, two of my best friends that I love and we, we talk, just about, well, we need to talk more, but we do have our own little group chat and we t- usually just insult each other through workouts, kind of like what you're saying. But then I remember you came in and uh, so many other people, like there's so many pictures from that time, just of us in that gym, like doing just dumb fucking workouts, dumb shit. Like I remember my going away workouts and I was just like, you, you jumped in and did it. And like all those people that did it with us. And I was just like, was that I look back at road? It was like a thousand meter row cash no, in or something just disgusting like that? No, we did, the, like that? we did that triple three workout from the game. Oh, yep. Yeah. So it was a 3,000 meter row, a three mile run, and then. Yeah, I remember oh, the no, longest. Wait, no, the yeah. 3,000 meter row, 300 double unders, and then a three mile run. Yeah. Yeah, I remember being was, really upset about all the cardio. <laughs> funny, yeah, well, the funny thing was like when I met Tim, I met Tim because, you know, that was, I met Tim when we did Murph in May. I don't know if you were there yet. Yeah, because I think you came kind of later in the summer. So we did Murph. And that was also the first year at the CrossFit Games that Murph was in it. And if you remember Tim, Tim was just a fucking monster. Like, I don't, he's got, yeah, he's one of those guys, if he, if he would have been in a, in a position, like from a family perspective, to just focus and be selfish on himself, he probably could have made the CrossFit Games, right? But I remember we did Murph and we all wore body armor. Like, we wore way too much. Like, you know how these IOTVs were, right? So mine was, I had, a, I had a, an extra large IOTV with the plates, side plates. So mine, I remember Rob and I weighed ours before we started it. Mine was like 31 pounds. It was something stupid. Like the IOTVs are massive. Doing Murph, it was, it was like 116 degrees that day. It was dumb. It took me like over an hour. 
Tim was done in 38 minutes. He would have been top 10 at the fucking games that year. Oh my God. Cause he's like, none of that like affected him. Like there's other stuff that he would, you know, it would all, you know, how CrossFit is it balances out. But I just remember like this dude's done and I'm still on like pushups. <laughs> Stupid. This is so bad. Um, but no, that, that ties into what you said. Like the community that comes from CrossFit, especially even to this day, like yep. I've been a member of, four CrossFit gyms, my gym in Orlando are like, it was just a frat. It was just a big frat and sorority. Like we would go downtown after workouts. Cause we were that, that's how close our proximity was from our gym to the workout or to downtown. Mm-hmm. And we would go out, you know, 20, 25 people, like all just brothers and sisters hanging out. Uh, we went yep. to the CrossFit games in 2016 together. There's like 15 of us that went out as a gym, just as a gym. You know what I mean? Like that would never happen. Like some of the best. And I, I, I you know, I look back on that and I, I kind of, that's the only thing I really miss about Florida is like, man, you, I met some great people that I'll just probably never see again because of, you know, logistics or whatever, you know. Oh just- man, never say never. I actually, I've done reunions no. with my people from, uh, from, from Kandahar a couple of times. We've done a few over the years, over the last seven yeah. years. And we did a, like this tree house in Texas and it was like, like 10 of us just from all over the all over the country and like it was awesome and we haven't seen each other in years and it was like nothing all you gotta do is work out it comes back right that's it yeah just all of us like crying sweating over (laughs) a workout just something just something just disgusting that one of us put together like all right we're gonna do this and it's gonna be an hour amrap or just something horrible i just remember getting back so when i really got into it so i came back from before i met you guys in in kuwait i went i was in afghanistan in 2013-14 and when i came back my parents live in tennessee so I was able to come back to the States in 2014 and I did my level one at CrossFit Mayhem. And I've gotten <clears throat> to be really close with some of those people over the years across the Mayhem, like Rich Froning, all them, like everything you see them online, that's exactly how those fucking people are. Like they're almost too nice. It's like you're waiting for something right. really going on. But no, that's how great and nice those people were. And then I did the Orlando and then I came out here and I've had great experiences at every gym I've been to. And the one now, like I'm, still getting into it but I, I told you about like the the chief one of the guys is the you know the chief of a fire department and they're all great people and they just push each other yep and you meet some of the people like there's you know san francisco pd there's there's all these different backgrounds from employment sides or whatever there's a fucking doctor i think like you would never meet those people if i was going to 24-hour fitness i those people are there but i wouldn't know it Cause you don't talk to anybody. You just put your right. fucking headphones on and you walk around with your gallon jug of water and you don't do anything to interact with each other. And CrossFit kind of forces you to interact by default. Like yep. that's why you're there. Right. Um, so no, I, I get that. And I think the best thing about, have you heard about this guy that just, I guess they just finalized it today. The actual purchase of CrossFit from Greg Glassman, Eric Rosa. Yeah. CEO. So, so, Bra- so Glassman, what was it? He had, um, Oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Dave Castro, like Castro. took over. He was he took over for like 20 minutes, and now they're selling it off because they realized the backlash was so bad. There's really no salvaging the name or the brand at this point with Glassman. It's too expensive though, you know what I mean. So that's why like, yeah. they had to get the. It just. But how great is that? Because if you read about Eric Rosa, like he put CrossFit into some of his companies and all, and like the the last coolest thing ever at my apartment before I left Orlando. So the guy who bought the uh, cross or the 
the apartment comics I was living in, it was in downtown Orlando. So it was a downtown type of thing. The VP was this huge CrossFit guy. So he took the entire second floor storage. We were like on five, five floors. Took the entire second floor storage area out, turned it into a CrossFit gym. Oh, it was awesome. the coolest fucking thing ever. Like, <laughs> he put two lifting platforms in there, like all rogue, everything, plates, bar, like what? rowers. Yeah. Massive. Just, I've never lived in a place like that in my life. And uh, it was hilarious because it was full of Karens. Because every time we would drop the weights, they'd come over. Stop right dropping the weights. And I was just like, ah, oh, fucking Karen strikes again. But no, it was great. Um, but no, that's a, it, that just, it just ties into what I think. Um, I think they're going to go in a really good direction because I kind of, I was fed up with CrossFit too. Like you, you heard the stories with Glassman and all that shit, but this guy's different. I hope so. And I, I really it's hope different. that it, you know, it's, it's cause we kind of talked about this before we got started. I hope I'm not a fan of cancel culture. I don't like it, but I yeah, think, let's, let's get into I that. think that this is the, like one of the rare instances where it did what it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, you know, yeah. like, hey, Greg Glassman, we are not supporting you. You had so many affiliates that pulled out. You had Reebok that pulled out. Like, rogue, noble, like all the fucking rich like, froning. Like, rogue. you're <laughs> like the reason you are what you are. The guy who yeah. turned your sport into this international yes. fucking phenomenon. Yeah, oh, he was the first. Yeah, and then all the daughter women were like, mm, deuces. Oh like, yeah, wow. <laughs> literally. Yeah, every every uh, the first female champions you ever had were like, fuck this. Right. And then well, and then he kind of gave that like. Just he didn't even care. Fl- that flaccid ass <laughs> apology was like, you know, you know why? I'm sorry what I said hurt your feelings. Like, you know, you know why you can do that? And then because you're just that fucking rich. Or you know, like you either just don't care or you're just that arrogant, right? That's, right. I think it was arrogance, right? Because it was like, I can do what I want. Because that's the mentality he's had. Yeah. for this long and he got away with it so you with saw you know non-disclosure agreements and everything yeah you saw the wi-fi password right yes it's ridiculous Christ. how does my thing is this and it, maybe it's because you and i obviously come from a military background but and just me i'm just like how is that even a like no one ever thought to be like hey this is fucking stupid <laughs> like that's what right. i don't get i don't get it well, it sounds like from a lot of the people that have come out after the fact that they've said it was stu- that they felt that way, but between signing non-disclosure agreements and how, yeah, that signing non-disclosure agreements and how Sue happy the CrossFit brand is, they were oh, yeah. afraid of libel oh, yeah. lawsuits, um, you know, so you kind of just, you take, you take it on the chin no pun intended. So, <laughs> no pun intended. For those uh, listening and not watching, please follow on YouTube at There Will Be Bourbon or check out the podcast, There Will Be Bourbon. All right. You, well, Apple, Spotify. I think it's going to be on iHeartRadio soon. It's just waiting for approval. But yeah, we're talking with Veronica. Uh, I'm not going to give out her last name because it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? it would matter if it was my last name but you know veronica and your last name it's like you're, you're gonna get a million people that come up unfortunately but if you want to follow her she's not on twitter so i can't help you follow her um, you probably like her she's on facebook 
You're not on, on Twitter. Twitter. I, I do. No, I'm not on Twitter. No, and I'm you're on, on Instagram, a... but you're on Instagram for like the way Instagram was intended. You're just documenting yeah, just your life. You're not out there like pictures making... of my dogs. Yeah, a exactly. lot of pictures of my or dogs and chickens yeah. and working out. Yeah, that's what that's for. My Facebook is very political. <laughs> a lot of yeah, opinions. Facebook is, yeah, my so opinions. So, so let's let's kind of get into. Well, you you mentioned the cancel culture, so everything is amplified and way worse on Twitter. Let me just let you know how Twitter works. Okay. Um, but no, I think the issue with cancel culture and what I think, and, and I'd love to know what your opinion is on it is I think our biggest issue with what we have going on currently in today's climate, whether it's the statues or, or whatever it is, it, you know, digging all the way back into history, like the bases with, you know, military bases, which I, I don't give a shit about. I've never once cared about the name of something, but do you feel like we're trying to go back and look at history through the lens of today, which isn't fair to anybody before us, right? Cause you know, if you could do it in your own life, you look at, Oh man, maybe I shouldn't have fucking done that yesterday, but I did. And hopefully I don't do that again. And I learn from it and go better. I don't try to go back and like erase what I did. And that's what I feel like we're kind of getting too far down this rabbit hole with cancel culture that we're trying to expect perfection from our ancestors when we know it's not realistic. Right. And I, I, so I don't necessarily think we should look at the past with today's lens, but I do think that we have a responsibility to teach history or to teach historical events as they happen. Right. Like, I'm going to use a, for instance, Christopher Columbus, yep. terrible human being, right? <laughs> he was a terrible, terrible human being. Like of all of the things I'm just going to bring up, like selling children or selling minor women into this like, like sex trade, just, mm -hmm. just a shitbag. The guy sucked at a lot of things. And he had a, just a gross opinion about a lot mm -hmm. of happenings. So with that said, like, yeah, I don't think we should memorialize someone like him. And I think I take issue with statues that were built in like, they weren't built in the 1700s or in the 1800s. Like they were built within the last 60 years when the Ku Klux Klan became a lot more prevalent, mm -hmm. you know, and that, that to me is an issue. I don't believe in tearing down all the statues. Don't melt them down. Like they should be memorial. They should, they should be where they belong, which is in a, in a museum. Right. With a placard underneath. Hey, this guy was known for doing some horrible and heinous shit. He won some battles. <laughs> he was an American. Yeah. But he generally was not. He was on the wrong side. By today's he was on the, side. He was, he was, he was he on the wrong side of history. Yeah. He was on the wrong side of history. Right. Yeah. So, and I think that's what we should be doing. Um, I think for me, one of the biggest issues that I have with cancel culture as a, as a whole, right? And this is, this is just looking at it from a big, a broad perspective is, or big picture perspective is that I don't think it allows people the opportunity to grow, right? So the biggest issue that I have with it is when we cancel someone like like the woman at the park, for instance, that woman that had called uh, the police officers on mm, the, yeah. the bird watcher. And he was like, Hey, can you please put your dog on a leash? And then she's like, 
like choking the dog out. Yeah. (laughs) She's got like the dog in a headlock. She's like, I'm calling the cops because you're black and you scared me. And like, (laughs) what are you doing? I just, what what the fuck is happening right now? Mm. Right. And so she got doxxed bad, bad. Like people called her, she got fired from job, which again, has her job. Like that is her her workplace's prerogative to like disassociate from her. Like I got that. But the fact that like people are sending her death threats and hate mail and like she has to shut down her social media, like the fact that people are threatening this woman's life now and attacking her as a person to me is insane. And like, you know, you always get like the hashtag cancel, you know, Central Park Karen or whatever the fuck nickname they give her. I think the issue that I have with that is that these outlandish and like drawn out attacks don't give this person the opportunity to reflect on what they did and it causes them to withdraw even further into their biases right because now it's well i'm going to apologize but it doesn't fucking mean anything i'm just doing it to stop all of what's happening to me that's a good point it doesn't change their opinion on anything that's a good point so and i think that that's my issue right like I, i think healthier dialogue needs to happen and even the guy who had the cops called him was like hey this has gone way too far i think people are so militarized on either side Mm -hmm. and and this is my again my opinion i feel like a lot of white people feel militarized because they don't want to be like i'm on the wrong side of history so they're the ones that are ones driving they're the ones fucking driving this train and like we're not gonna stand we don't want to be associated with this white lady so we're gonna attack the fuck out of her Rally up internet. Like, <laughs> let's, let's get a Reddit. <laughs> you know what? You mentioned that. And there, there's two things I want to kind of bring up. So the first is you said people don't get a chance to grow. And I think it's because this is, I think it's, I think it's the worst on Twitter. And it may be because of the character limitization. And I know they expanded it and doubled the characters that you could put out on a tweet. Well, a couple of years ago at this point, maybe. Facebook, I feel, is a little bit more, um, but I talked about this, like Facebook is nothing more than arguing with your friends and family, i.e. you and I, right? So, um, but there is a chance, you, you have the option to, you can go a little bit more long form, but I feel like the issue with social media and, and the, the, the gentleman I talked to last week kind of, he sums it up. Like, I think we, social media has made us worse, not better. Because I don't think, the stuff that goes on social media would take place if this was a true public forum. Now, social media is today's modern day public forum, in my opinion, because it involves everyone, but there's no decorum. Like there's no, hey, you conduct yourself like this, right? Like with us in public, we, we kind of, we'll, we'll come into, if I was going to debate you in public, hey, there's some shit we'll agree about, or there's some, there's some rules and, and decor to this discussion that's going to take place. That doesn't exist on social media. You're free to say whatever the fuck you want. You can hide behind whatever you want. You don't even have to be yourself. You're just spewing whatever you're going to put out there. Um, and then I think the last thing you were saying, as I blank out here, what? <laughs> How much have you been drinking? <laughs> Not enough. It might've been that tequila shot. Um, but no, like, with with cancel culture as a whole is kind of what you were saying. Where does it stop? Because you know what I mean? Like 
and, and I've been saying this on, on Twitter because Twitter, as I was saying to you, is, is uh, I think it's far more extreme because of the anonymity that's in there. There's a lot of an anonymous accounts. I don't think that exists so much on Facebook. But on Twitter, you're more, you're, you're engaging with straight up fucking strangers or people who aren't even, you know, real accounts because of the anonymity factor. But the problem with Twitter and that aspect of it is that no one is seeking to actually have a conversation. It's a rush to be right. It's a rush to tell others that they're wrong and you're right. And this is exactly why I reached out to have you on here because you and I won't agree on a lot, but we can talk about it. And nobody actually will fucking talk about it because even honestly, I, I'm saying that as a, like a, a blank statement, like, but I think we've probably agreed on a few things tonight. Yeah. And also we're actually having the dialogue. No one does that on social media. No one does it. Everyone just wants to put out on their side, whatever it is on an issue. Hey, here's my opinion. You fucking suck and you're wrong. And if I see you in the street, I'm gonna fuck you up. Knowing damn well, you're never gonna see any of these people in the streets. So you're just making right. shit up. All right, everyone wants to be a fucking superhero on the internet and write their own little script. But reality is like you and I are sitting here right now having this conversation, okay? People don't do that. They don't. And so that's I, why I, I said yeah. social I media, go for it. Oh no, was, go ahead. Well, social <laughs> media, to me, social media is not real. It's not. It's not a true reflection of our society because if I, like I said last time, if I go out in the street right now, if I go knock on my neighbor's door or if I go to wherever that's actually open in California, you know, wear a mask. Um, if I go somewhere, I can sit and just talk to people. Like there's no conflict. Every protest I've seen out here has been peaceful with the exception of the one across the street with the, uh, the mall, Fairfield, where they drove a truck through the Best Buy entrance. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that was about, but that happened. Right. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, that's been fun. Like, okay, I get it. You know what? We've, we've got issues in this country. And I have said this, and I wanted to get your take on this. Like, you know what? Our big issue with police brutality in this country is that the media doesn't make it a story when it affects everyone. They only make it a story when it affects black Americans. And this is a fucking problem for everyone in our country, I think. Like, police brutality is not unique to the black population, but it only gets it's reported not. when it happens. So, okay. this is where I disagree with you. Okay, good. Right? <clears throat> so, I don't, I don't think that the case is necessarily that the media is spearheading police brutality against blacks. I don't think that they're covering it at all against whites, against blacks, against Hispanics, against That's true. the That's homeless. True. Like if it bleeds, it leads. And if it's a particularly sexy story, because like, you know, we don't have murder hornets going around attack, <laughs> attacking like old folks homes or whatever the fuck's going on in 2020 right now. Like this is kind of just what they use as filler, filler stories. They, they don't give a shit for the most part. I, I don't right. yeah. think in the last like, 10 years, I can think of very few times that the news has been like, hey, we have a problem in this country where the police are going around. Like, the, the reason that this became a thing and the, you know, the, the reason that this movement started was because of, you know, really Trayvon Martin and his mother and then the mothers of like, Eric, I believe it's also Eric Garner and Tamir Rice. Um, 
I was yeah, in this Orlando is back when that shit happened. And yeah, I was and in this, Stanford. So yeah. I, I, this is, yeah, this is back in 2005, 2015, 2016. Um, really when this started catching a lot of, a lot of traction. Um, and it's really, it's those marches, those hashtags, those conversations on social media that really progressed this conversation forward. So I think that social media doesn't have a place in this good and bad, right? There's, there's good and bad to everything. Mm-hmm. I think that, I do think that people show their true colors on social media. I think social media is probably the veil lifted on people's best and worst sides. That's, I, I that's think, one, and I think that's one fair. of the, I think one of the things that I've seen more often than not is that people lack the emotional intelligence to have these discussions. Yep. And that's not something that's really like, that's something that's taught, right? Like that's an acquired skill because that requires a lot of reflection on your own biases, on your own insecurities, on your own feelings, um, prejudices that may also affect certain things, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to use the Hispanic community as a, for instance, you know, with the whole black lives matter thing, a lot of my family's like, you know, I can't believe this is happening and X, Y, and Z but we've had to, ha- I've had, we've had to have conversations. I just had this conversation recently with my sister and my cousin, but like, we've had to address aunts and uncles and relatives about like, Hey, you guys are kind of prejudiced towards Puerto Ricans or Dominicans or Cubans yeah, true. That is or people, true. you know, like from central Florida. I've seen yeah. all that. So I yeah. Just, like they're, it's very Puerto Ricans and actual Puerto Ricans from the it's, Island. It's That's very, real. it's very cliquish in the Hispanic yeah. community. And a yeah. lot of Hispanics, you know, feel some type of way towards the black community, even though a lot of the civil rights progress that we've had because of, because of, because of Martin Luther King, because of Mm -hmm. the black Panthers, because of Malcolm X, because of uh, Angela Davis, like all of these people, the secondary and tertiary effects are Hispanics and women and other minorities having access to those rights too. Right. So we are directly affected by all of these things as well. Um, and we also benefit from all of these things as well. So that's, that's my, my take on social media. I think social media has a place in this. And it's, it's been one of the most interesting things to sort of see how, how different this is than the original Black Lives Matter movement, right? Because there was a lot of traction that was gained back then. But now with coronavirus, so many people are unemployed right now. So they have the time to pay attention. They have the time to see what's going on. They have the time to read up on the issues. And then it's not just this, right? It's been everything. And that's why you have this like influx of traffic online right now with people spewing all of their unfiltered, unresearched opinions, because this is really the first time they've been involved in a lot of these conversations or have had the time to be involved in these conversations. They're just home with their kids right now where their husband, their wife, their cats, what, what have you. And <laughs> You know, like they're finally able to really sit down and start to like peel back some of the layers on things that others have, have been really involved in the trenches for the last five, 10, 15, 20, 60 years. So to some people, it's like, Hey, this is an old argument. Like this is what's going on. This is why here's do the research. Here are the resources. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons you get a lot of people that are maybe a little bit more militarized online. Like, oh, this is terrible. I can't believe the black community has been experiencing this. This is, how, how can this be in 2020? Like, bro, this has been happening. Do you not remember, like, the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, 60s? 
fifties, eighteen hundreds, like <laughs> fucking it's, open history book. Yeah. Like, um, this is- so you bring it up. You are wearing the shirt, so I, I do want to get your take on it because um, I don't think the message is wrong. I just I think maybe the organization has kind of usurped a good idea for their own gain. So I want to read you something that is on the Black Lives Matter website okay. and kind of get your take on it because you are, you're Catholic, correct? I'm actually non-denominational. No, well, yeah. But your, your parents, Yeah. were you raised in a Catholic household? Or? Yeah, I went to Catholic school, did the whole thing. It didn't take. No, that's fine. I mean, I'm not fucking super religious i just think i'm you know there's probably a higher power otherwise i don't know what the fuck's going on if we're just like there's nothing right like we're on earth i don't know man joe Rogan just know. put out that the pentagon admitted to aliens so maybe that, that one, dude, that one dude on the history channel was right maybe it's just the alien. <laughs> we have captured vehicles not constructed of earth oh what the fuck i don't know it's 2020 I'm just saying, we started this off with saying that. Whose Jumanji role is it? Because this is is getting ridiculous. (laughs) All right, I got two paragraphs, right? So this is on the Black Lives Matter website. Quote, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and quote, villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. We foster a queer affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather the belief that all in the world are heterosexual, unless she or he or they disclose otherwise. So it sounds like a LGBTQ plus inclusion, right? That's... That's what that says the, to me. The second part, first part is what I really, I just. The nuclear, the nuclear family, the Western nuclear family. Like, let's be honest. So here's a stat. Uh, it, it, it's a real stat. Anyone listening can go look it up. So 75% of black Americans are going to be raised by a single parent. Yep, that's true. That's not good under any definition. I mean, I'm a parent. Yeah, I know you're a dog mom, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, mother, mother of four dogs. Yeah, your mother of four dogs. <laughs> yeah. You still got those abs, though. What's up? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? CrossFit. So, Count yeah. macros. <laughs> so I have a daughter. My daughter's 14. Her mom is Black American. Um, we were never married. Um, we've been able to co-parent for going on almost 15 years. She'll turn 15 in December. Both of us have been super involved, uh, but we were not married, so we will not fall under the traditional nuclear family. I was raised by both parents. You were, correct? Both your parents married? I, they were, and they divorced. So I can okay, get into so, that if you want. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's fine. I, I, my thing is, I'm, look, I'm not, I just feel, again, my, my, um, my daughter's mom and I are probably maybe unique maybe not i don't know there because i i've heard in, you're in the military you've heard enough fucking horror stories probably with single parents right um but i do feel like it is very beneficial to the kid to have strong role models on the male and female side whether it's mom and dad if it's an uncle if it's an aunt somebody a family friend something but i think you need both to kind of keep 
the kid moving in a positive direction, you know, too top heavy on one side is going to lead to something. Um, but when I hear that message, I just don't, because you know what that message is. I know you're smart and I don't know that I don't know if you, you studied this shit in college or if you studied this shit at all, but that, that's the fucking Marxist playbook is the disruption of the nuclear family. That's what that is. And that's, that's not a, that's just not in line with traditional American ideals. Like that's, why would you want to disrupt that and put it on like this quote unquote village idea for raising kids? That's, that's not, I don't think it's very realistic because honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, I live in a community, but the kids that are in this community aren't my responsibility. We're the parents' responsibility. Now I'll look out for them. And if they're about to fucking jump off the ledge, I'll be like, Hey man, don't do that. Right. It ain't my job to fucking raise them. Right. So I don't, I still feel like for, and it's not just an American, like this is not unique to America. Like, the family structure, the male and the female in a, in a household when it comes to raising kids. And I get it. We can do, there can be two um, females or, or two men who adopt or have kids or whatever. I get that. That's still two strong presences, right? Two roles that are still there to raise that kid. They're not doing it on their own. They're still a unit, whether it's two men, two women, two whatever aliens, I don't know, whatever we come up with. But that's a, that's a strong family structure and a strong uh, model for that kid to be raised up under, which is what I think is important. Now, if we want to, you know, attack the traditional nuclear family, I won't do that, but I will say that it doesn't have to be a mom and a dad, but it has to be two, I think two strong personalities to raise a kid. I think you have to have multiple presences in the life of a child, not just, not just a single mom, not just a single dad, because that kid's going to miss out on something. I think so. I, me personally, I, not that I struggle with the notion of like traditional family, right? Because I understand the value of like having dinner. Like this, the statistics don't lie, right? Like right. kids that have dinner with a family and have structured family time, like come out to be better rounded adults, according mm-hmm. to like a lot of family studies, right? Um, so my parents divorced when I was really young. I was uh, 14. I lived with my mom that's same for a year. Daughter, so that's, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, my parents divorced my mom and I did not get along uh, at all. I was a lot, I was willful. Shocker there. I know. Yeah. Can't imagine that. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> willful and opinionated. Um, not much has changed. Not, <laughs> who are you telling? My mom would agree with you. <laughs> um, so we, I lived with her for about a year and it just, it was turbulent right bad bad juju um and my mom was raised with very very strong hispanic cultural roles which is like women are meant to be which was conflicted right because she was also raised in the united states for most of her life so it's like women should be strong and get an education but they should also be seen and not heard be pretty do what you're told um so that just didn't jive with me um you know sort of like know your place because yeah. it seemed silly right especially as a 14 year old girl whereas my dad my dad didn't want kids um didn't really know he'd been the the breadwinner he was always at work so very traditional household right so when that household broke neither one of them knew how to parent individually so it was really interesting to sort of watch um them struggle to make up for the other half and 
the other half being like when my dad was home, he would hang out with us for like the hour before we'd go to bed. And my mom would get to like go and chill out and like cry in the bathroom or whatever it is that moms do. <laughs> like, bless you. I, I have no idea how moms do it. Like <laughs> I like I threatened, mom. You know I, threat, I threatened to euthanize my dogs at least 16 <laughs> times a day. Like ah. Hey, um, whatever works, whatever. You know, but I can, yeah, I can just lock them outside and be like, you're staying outside today. <laughs> like <laughs> left alone. Like you can't do that with kids. It's supposedly really illegal. So I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Um, what they don't but, know. But with that, like, so I actually went to go live with my aunt for the last two years of high school. Um, and my aunt, I was one of six in that house. So I went from being, you know, myself and my sister to being the oldest of six kids and completely untraditional family structure. And my aunt took in everybody's kids. Like she's like me with fostering pets. She fosters <laughs> children. Like that's probably where I get it from. She's like, oh, you come from a broken home and you don't have a meal tonight. Let me take you in. And she, we always had people. Yeah. We always had people at the house. So this like socialist nuclear family village raised the kids notion is something that's actually really dear to my heart because my aunt, you know, my aunt took me in and she took it upon herself to raise me when my parents were both in a place where they were just not emotionally capable of being there for both of their kids. Um, and it's, it's funny cause like I, you know, I'm 31 now and I, by all marks, a successful yeah, you're, you're single right. female, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm doing okay for myself professionally, emotionally, spiritually, financially. Um, you know, I just bought my second home you know, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. And yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. But it's, but it's, it's nice. And a lot of the, a lot of the values that I have are very much tied into like this really turbulent period of life that I had. One, it, a lot of the values in my dad taught me to like learn to take care of yourself because nobody's going to take care of you for you. Yeah. Definitely came into play. My aunt's, um, you know, philanthropic views of, and her maternal instincts really it were really ingrained in me at a young age. And honestly, I think made me a great NCO yep. because it didn't matter if it was my soldier or not like, Hey, you need well, the help. Army is tonight. pretty yeah. socialistic and um, yeah, for socialistic, sure. but it's also a meritocracy. I'd agree with that. It's definitely, <laughs> it's, but like, but you get a lot of NCOs that they just don't give a shit. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, I still get promoted, and that's a whole other argument. That's a whole other thing. That's a can of worms for another day. That, yeah, yeah. Just the, oh God, you know. And all you do, all you have to do, is outlast the good soldiers that are eventually going to get out because they get yeah, they're like they fuck this. The I'm they're like, I'm done. I can do something else. And then yeah. they're like, oh, I got, I'm a first sergeant now. I'm in charge. But see, so there's a few things I hear with your your personal story is you you still had the impact from a mom and a dad whatever it was parental figures right yeah, uh, you had, you had roles. and then unfortunately like i don't think your 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 aunt's story is super unique but i also feel like it's it's she's unique in american right. society right because there's not a lot there's just not america's not overflowing with people like your aunt right now they're out there yeah. but there's not enough of them to fill in the gap unfortunately because we can, I, I think well i see a lot more of that and that to make it like a race thing, but like I see a lot of that in Hispanic and black cultures. And I think it's because their communities are so much smaller and they're so much more ingrained and intertwined that it really is like it takes a village to raise a child. Mm -hmm. So obviously I'm, 
I think it's pretty obvious, like me saying that I'm, you know, both my parents are Mexican. I, I'm not black, but I grew up ingrained in black communities. A lot of black and Hispanic communities are usually co-located and pretty tight knit. Yeah. Um, you know, but you, and a lot of the statistics that affect the black community affect the Hispanic community, yeah. um, almost like on par. Right. So they're like, that's usually the Hispanic community behind like every other, like statistic behind black communities in the United States. Um, but if you look at the way that a lot of single parents end up becoming single parents, you, and again, this is a whole can of worms for another time, but you can look at like the prison industrial complex mm -hmm. and how a lot of black men are sent to prison. So it's like higher, higher uh, incarceration rates mm -hmm. for young black American males than any crimes. other. Yeah. 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 Per capita. Right. Yeah. So immediately that puts you in a single family household. So you're kind of, you're kind of starting with, a, sh a shitty situation to begin with right yeah. so like you're shot in the foot out the fucking gate yeah so these kids are now being raised by a single mother who now has to provide for this household so guess what she's doing she's probably working two jobs if you're working two to three jobs you're not really home to raise your kids yep. so who's going to raise your kids right it's going to either be family members or it's going to be the streets and those are the issues and that's that's what i think and I don't, and again, I'm not going to speak for the, the Black Lives Matter webpage or the movement. Um, I'm not really an authority on that, but I will say I, I personally believe that's probably what it's alluding to because that tends to be an overwhelming theme in a lot of urban neighborhoods, right? Is mm -hmm. single parents not being able to take care of their kids while they're working and their kids being kind of left to fucking fate and yeah. whatever's available to them you know so it kind of in those cases like i can understand like hey it takes a village to raise a kid mm -hmm. um and hey we need to look out for each other until this whole fucking system is fixed and you know obviously we can go forward from there and that's a whole other yeah. thing but. it also seems like so where i pulled that from i pulled it from an article i i there, there's a comment have you heard of jason whitlock Mm -mm. No, okay. So he's a sports columnist. Uh, he's a, he's a, a black American. Uh, I think he's 53 years old at this point. Anyway, but I, I've been reading him and following him for years. He's a little more independent now that he's kind of doing his own thing, which you know how this works. The, the more freedom you have independently, the more you can say, right? So now he's kind of, but he's very against this, the Black Lives Matter movement because he's a Christian first and foremost. So he's very still, um, that's kind of his guiding philosophy through life. Uh, and he talks about his struggle coming up as a, uh, you know, if he never had the opportunity, he played football in college. And if it wasn't for football, he never would have had a chance to go to college. You know, he lived with his dad in a 400 square foot apartment while he was on his way to college, you know? So, um, he kind of ties it into like, there's a greater attack in his mind on, on football in this country. Um, but he argues how, if we, you know, eliminate that or we attack that we're essentially attacking the largest provider in America of black millionaires in this country, which is football. Um, and the, 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 the main opportunity to get many black men in this country to a college campus is through sports. Um, so it makes yes. a lot of a, 
it makes but a lot how of sad is that like how sad no, it's is sad like, that's it, it, a... you're right but that's his reality like he grew up yeah. in the inner he grew up in the fucking as he describes it the you know the the hood in in indianapolis like he was never going to college he was a smart man like obviously i mean the man's made a great career out of himself being a reporter and all but he he was a he was a great high school football player he'll tell you himself he was a, an average college football player and never got a sniff of the nfl but Football got him to college, got him a college degree, and allowed him to live the life that he lives now. And he's like, that's the reality for most black men who go to college to play sports. Most of them are never going to get to the pro. I, I went to college to play baseball. I got to college and found out very fucking quickly that I was not going past <laughs> college, right? Like, hey, your talent runs out. Like, when you're in high school and you're that good, you feel like you're the fucking man. But you know what? You get to college, everybody's the fucking man or the woman because, you know, there's a yeah. sport. Yeah, right? And then, you know what? There's some people who are going to move on to that next level. And it damn sure wasn't me. And, like, it wasn't him. But yeah. he got that degree. That's what mattered to him, and that's what made him – obviously get to where he's at today and uh i don't know i just i i get where he's coming from because a lot of these issues affect the black community more than damn sure than it affects the white community where i'm from i don't know if that's true either though i think well, I, well, I, you, I you gave you no but yeah. i gave you the stat 75 percent of black children born in this country are going to be raised by a single family that's not true for the white community that's not true for your community Fair that's what i that's what i mean so that's what I think he's alluding to is like, you know, you, you disrupt this, you remove this, you create even more problems in our community. And that's kind of where we're at. Like, we can't rely on these movements to help us. We need, and his other big thing is jobs over gestures, right? Cause he, he, he kind of points out to a lot of this shit with the black lives matter, the hashtag, whatever. It's a fucking gesture. You kneeling during the anthem. It's a gesture. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know how into sports you are. I love like I'm watching baseball right now in the background. Um, every sports leagues at this point realizing like, Hey, let's just acquiesce to the black lives matter movement. Let's let them do whatever. I don't turn into a sport for a political opinion. I don't care. I, I, I have a political science degree. I educate myself on every issue. I have never tuned into a sport for anything to see other than how the final score was achieved. That's it. Like, I don't, I, I can look in my community or in the world to know, hey, this is what's going on. I don't need an athlete. I don't need LeBron James. I don't need any of these people to tell me how to feel or anything because I can see it for myself. I always find irony. So as a soldier, I'm interested in your opinion, yes. right? So I'm, I'm always interested in like the duality of saying like, I don't tune into sports for political anything or for politics, yeah. but you can't tell me that you've never gotten teary you've, you've never gotten teary eyed watching like one of those soldiers, like I came home from Iraq and like runs up to her family in like the oh. stadium or whatever. Yeah. Like, we, we, that's, that's, Look, we, I, I may be the wrong person to ask because I, I cry over everything. <laughs> <laughs> I am the, like, I will, cr like, if there's a commercial, right. I swear to God, I cry every day watching something because I, I just, any, any, I am very easily man emotionally manipulated, manipulated by visuals. Yes. So, no, but like, you know, everyone but that, made this issue. But it speaks to you, right? Like that's yeah. something that speaks to you and affects you on a personal level because that's something that you can relate to because it's something that affects your community. And yeah. I feel like that's probably what kneeling is 
to the black. That doesn't community. bother me one bit. Right. And like, that's like, but, kneeling, but it's a, like Colin Kaepernick kneeling never bothered me one fucking bit. I don't give a shit. That's I mean, true. it was a ranger that suggested he kneel instead of sitting. Right. Exactly. So, right. so many people tied to, oh, you're disrespecting the flag. You disrespect the military. It's like, mm, not really, bro. Don't get me started. Really on fl- don't get me started on flag code. While people are like, "You're disrespecting yeah. the flag," and they're wearing their like flag shorts, flag oh sports bra. Well, flag see, so I can, I can, I can. So Eagle. I, I got the, the loophole. Get on out of here with your fucking flag. flag I got the loophole on that. So that's so you can't do that with an actual flag. But what you're describing is an artistic representation of the flag. So it's not right. Really, right. Yeah. No, but look, I mean, other people point out. Look, I've been to enough sporting events. Half the fucking people during the national anthem are at the fucking hot dog stand they're yeah they're exactly pissing, they're pissing. They, they're moving that's, their up. Oppor- that's their opportunity to go use the bathroom they won't take their hat off or they're at the fucking concessions or you know like spare me like your patriotism is being infringed upon it okay it's, it's not now however i will say this look kaepernick started that and it was either 2015 or 2016 might have been 2016 i think we were back point I think, is i think this i think the sitting started in like 2014 and then like it went on to the next season or it started in like the off season right it and then it doesn't like, matter anymore like who cares go okay oh cool wow the entire dodgers team kneeled last oh, i don't give a sh- like what does that mean you're kneeling no one's there to see it like, my thing is like we don't need that gesture from a professional athlete to and if you do i think you're the problem if you really need them to kind of solidify your political opinion one way or the other like if you really tune into a sport and care that much what the athlete does before they actually get on the court or the field to play come on man like i don't need to be in political alignment with an athlete that's not my i don't i don't need to, you and i are not in political alignment on a lot of yeah. things it doesn't fucking matter i just you wear my team's jersey i want you to fucking win that night that's it yeah i i think for me though like so, and I'm going to, this is a, this is just a tidbit of, this is just a nugget of like advice that my dad gave me growing up. Right. And my dad's super like, he's like the guy that believes in like help. Like he literally has taken his shirt off and like given it to like other people. My dad's just that guy. Right. Yeah. Um, and he, he raised me with the belief that if you're in a position to do something or say something, you have a moral obligation to and I feel like people in these positions or these platforms or like the platform that you have, if you're in yeah. a position to say something or speak out against something that you feel is an injustice and you choose not to because of political or financial backlash, that's a, that to me is cowardice, right? And like, and I feel that other people probably feel the same way. I've always been pretty outspoken on my beliefs and mm. it's definitely gotten me into trouble a time or two. It is what it is. <laughs> it's worth it. It is what it is. What, yeah, <laughs> worth it. Fuck it add it to my tab you know um oh i pissed someone off again shocker Um, but i I think and i think that's probably what some of these people feel right like especially in sports i i find it you know like i have i have i have issue with sports benefiting off of blacks that come from usually low-income neighborhoods right and this is like they're oh well you came up and we gave you an opportunity you didn't give them shit like this whole fucking franchise doesn't exist without these athletes period right you guys are here to watch them play and do their yeah, thing i know i was so fucking cool. awesome I, all and be I these wanted. like fucking so super, yeah. <laughs> right like be these fucking superhuman badasses and yeah. like jumping in the 
you know, I was just watching the, the Michael Jordan documentary recently. I'm like, yo, this dude, jumps, awesome, high. This dude jumps higher than I am tall. Like, that's fucking insane. Dude, Jordan was a fucking monster. An animal. You know, I don't even watch sports. And, you know, like, and again, like these, these athletes, who, who wasn't sad when Kobe died, right? Like, and I, I'm from L.A., so yeah. that affected our community. Yep. Like the community was heartbroken. And again, it's one of those things where like it sports sort of transcends just the sport because it does sports, become a cultural phenomenon. Are, unifying. And it's hope. These mm-hmm. athletes are hope for these young black kids that are left behind in these communities. Or yeah. if that's if that's a way to kind of look at that. Um it's, it's opportunity, it's hope. And for them to not speak out, I think would almost be a disservice. But that's my opinion on it. I, and I understand not like wanting to tune into Sunday night football and having to, because you, you see politics and you see coronavirus and you see the murder hornets and the aliens <laughs> and fucking exotic Joe and all the bullshit. Yeah. Every single day, Monday through Saturday and Sunday, you just want to turn your brain off and like scream at the TV. Yeah, I so see, no, yeah. I get it. I, I understand that, that that part of it, but I also think that like, you know, that's probably something that we take for granted is we can well, choose to or not to pay attention to what's happening, but for some other people, this is their reality every day and it's always ignored. Well, Sunday, I can't pay attention to it because it's football. Monday night's The Bachelor. Tuesday is <laughs> 90 Day Fiance. Wednesday, I have to... Yeah fucking shave my cats Thursday <laughs> whatever like whatever the fuck it is that excuses like excuses and like things that people used to yeah. tune off to like what's going on um you know I think I, I I personally think that the the Black Lives Matter movement like any other movement right so civil rights gay rights women's rights um I think I think we're going to look back on history at this at this time as a turning point I think a lot of really important issues have been brought to light I think a lot of important discussions are happening. Um, me personally, I've seen a lot of really healthy conversations happening with some of my friends and family that I didn't expect them, like realizations that I didn't expect them to make. Um, I think one of the things that I struggle with in the dialogue is people mistaking prejudice and racism. They're not the same thing. Um, As you know, everybody's and- a racist today. Right. And that, that's a problem. And again, like how we kind of talked about like cancel culture, people are so quick to call everybody a racist. And, and, and again, I think a lot of, a lot of issues are born of ignorance or a lot of opinions are born of ignorance. Yeah. Right. So if we want the conversation to continue forward in a healthy direction or in a progressive direction, we need to be able to one, be educated on the issues, have cool, calm headed level-headed discussions Mm -hmm. and not resort to just calling everybody a racist every give people like again kind of circling back around give people the opportunity to learn and grow right and we're not doing that by like you're a fucking racist expletive whatever and removes the meaning of the word unfortunately one yeah it removes it removes the meaning of the word because there are actual racists out there there's some real Um, fucking racists out there yeah (laughs) um you know and i've fun fact i had a white nationalist business card left on my car one day. Oh, nice. Um, He's yeah, got business I, cards. That's great. Yeah, they got business cards. I got the little, you know, the little Nazi logo and the phone number oh, and email great. I can reach out to. Uh, I, for, I don't think I was the demographic they were looking for. I did not attend their, <laughs> their pajama party. It wasn't my thing. Um, you should have showed up. Yeah. Any, no, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> 
<laughs> played the played out the Clayton Bigsby role. That have been that have gone over well, <laughs> Lord. Um, you know, but I, I I don't think I I don't think that we're we're quite there yet. Um, and I have like a whole opinion on like education needing to be revamped and like it needs to start there. Education sure. is education is the foundation of everything. Um, but so yeah, man. How do you think that's working right now with everything's going to go to like my daughter's going to do, she's going to start high school via zoom. I think it's so as somebody who just, <laughs> as somebody who just finished online college, it's terrible. And I hate online school. And I it, hated it. it. Yep. It's, it's awful. Every um, opportunity to take a class in person, I did it. Yeah. yeah like, that's how I did my master's. I was like, is there a way I'll make it happen so I can go physically in campus. Yeah. Yeah. It's miserable. Online school is miserable. And again, I can't imagine how hard it is for the parents, especially the single parents yeah. that are trying to work. So I'll and, be fine, but exactly. That's, that's a great yeah. point because you know, and that's, that's there, color, there's nowhere that's for these kids to go. Right. And there's, and there are no healthy outlets. And again, like this is where that emotional intelligence comes in on the behalf of the parents and now you're like trying to instill that in these kids like hey i need you to just be patient we don't know when this is going to end no you can't see your friends no you can't go out of the house the mall is closed yeah. sorry prom is canceled like all of these things that these kids are looking forward to is their entire like you know high school yeah. experience or middle school experience oh, is pretty I much i thought so much graduating class because i watched it with you know my my job like i watched these these kids you know, the local high schools, hey, your graduation ceremony is going to be you driving up, getting out of your car, getting your diploma, shaking the <laughs> hand of the principal, and then getting back in your car. And I was like, okay, that's one way to never forget how you graduated. But also like, that's fucking, really? This is what we're doing? Like, I felt, I really felt bad for, I really do. I felt bad for all of them. Because everything, like you said, it's not only just that, that's the way to graduate, but everything was canceled. Like, I bring back up the gym owner, his son, you know, great baseball player, his entire senior season's canceled. That just fucks yeah. up his college opportunity. Like it's, it's widespread. And uh, I bring back up Jason Whitlock. He talked about the, the high school he came from in Indiana. He still talks to his head coach there and another rival high school in the area and how like this is going to affect these black kids from getting their opportunity to receive a scholarship and go to college because they're not going to play. Yeah. Like you already talked to second and tertiary or, you know, those effects, like yeah, that's going to come from this and sports, whether we like it or not, are still a very large outlet and provider of the college experience for these kids in these communities. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate, right? That like, that's, like the military paid for my, my college Same degree. Yeah. So I, I you know, sure we're seeing a surge. We damn sure aren't. Yeah. <laughs> Kids aren't lining sure. up to join. Yeah. I mean, and, <laughs> and I, God, and especially with this whole Vanessa Guillen thing, like you've got like a lot of Hispanic yeah. communities I've are already coming seen out. It. Hey, no, that you, you bring up a great point. Cause I've seen it. We talk about this in our, in our group chat for the station commanders is uh, one of the guys is in a little more rural region of, of Northern California. And he's lost three individuals females yeah. who are just like, eh, not ready to do this. I don't feel comfortable. We had one in my station. Uh, she's fortunately going to still move forward, but she asks us every time she comes in and it's a messaging thing. And, you know, I don't know who watches this fucking podcast, but I will say this. I am at a point where I am very comfortable 
And I will tell you this, a little more honesty and a little more empathy will go a long fucking way. Forget the fucking buzzwords. Just be honest. And that's my thing because you're right. Like, and you're a female, you're, you're a fucking Mexican American female. Just like, I don't. Service I she, member. Right. Was yeah. she, was, was Vanessa Guillen, was she, was her I background think, Mexican or was yeah, it? Her, I, I believe so. Um, well, that's the same thing. Like, you know. I, how, I get you, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, you can provide it a completely different experience in the military than I can because you're a female and you're a minority or, and I'm a white male in the military. And my experience has been probably greatly different than yours. Like, it's funny. Yeah, I've had that conversation with a couple of friends too. Cause they're like, Oh, like I didn't know that you know, sexism was still a thing. I'm like, yeah, what? Like <laughs> I'm 31 years old and I've still had to like put people in check. Like, Hey, yeah. that's not, a, yeah. absolutely not. Um, and again, I'm a lot more comfortable being outspoken, but you'd be surprised how many, there's, oh. that, cult, there's that culture, right? Where it's like, if you say something, you're yes. a bitch. Oh yeah. But if oh. you don't say, you know, but if you don't say something, you had it coming to you. Sort yeah. of like, yeah. oh, and it's yeah. like this weird yeah. line that you have to, that a lot of young females feel that they need to tiptoe. Yep. Um, oh, especially in the military. Yeah. Because then so rank, rank gets introduced, right? And then it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I've had a, you know, again, a, a story for another time, but I, you know, I had a I, long story short, I had a warrant officer that made some super inappropriate comments to me on my first deployment to Afghanistan. And I didn't report him. I never said anything um, because I was the only female in my shop and I volunteered to go on that deployment. I wasn't even supposed to be there. Um, yeah. But the only thing that I kept thinking was if I say something, they're not going to remove a CW3 or this chief, you know, this chief warrant officer, they're going to remove specialist Yep. Lopez, because one, I'm the only female in the shop. And oh, damn. Two, you just gave up your last name. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, whatever. I know you're to find me. Oh, oh Lo Lopez. A Spanish girl named Lopez? Yeah, I said it doesn't matter. Like, throw, a, throw a fucking, throw a drop of water in the fucking ocean. Good luck. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, and that was, the, that was the whole thing, right? Like, that was the first thing that went to my mind. Because one, I didn't, I didn't know what my options were. Two, I didn't know what I could or could not do. Do what my left and right limits were what I could say. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know if anybody would believe me or defend me. So it's like, why rock this boat and jeopardize my entire deployment? This entire reason that I, I joined the service and I volunteered yeah. to be here. I wanted, I wanted to come on this fucking deployment. I didn't even have to be here. I volunteered to be here. Yeah. And I'm about to, you know, just throw it all away for what? Maybe somebody, maybe somebody does do something or doesn't do something. And worst case scenario, they'll slap this guy on the wrist and I'm stuck in the room with him anyway. And now he's pissed, right? And has authority over me. So needless to say, the deployment didn't go any better after that. And I learned a lot of hard lessons. Um, but what I did get from that was the second deployment around again, another one that I volunteered for. Um, I made sure to let every single soldier, male or female, below me know if you guys have any fucking issues, absolutely come to me and I have your back. Like bar none. I don't give a shit who it is, what they're like. I got you. If I fucking lose my E5 rank, I'll get it back in six months. I don't <laughs> give a shit. Like, <laughs> so what are they going to do? <laughs> but you know, and at that point you kind of learn like, again, right. If you have an opportunity to say something, yeah. you have an obligation to. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was definitely a, an interesting deployment too. You know, I definitely had to come to the I come to the aid of a couple people, but I think it, it definitely went a lot better for, for them, I hope, than it did for me my first time around.
so I know we met in 2015. Have you deployed since then? No. So I, I deployed in 2015 and then I voluntarily extended another nine months in Kuwait okay. and I spent some time in Syria, Iraq, Turkey, Jordan. Yeah. Oh. Bounced around a little bit. Yeah, did you get to set up the CrossFit gym in Syria? That'd be cool. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. The Flintstone gym that we had out there. Oh, no, cool. I, I love that. No. So did you have any issues from that or everything? Um, no, no, not, not when it came to any sort of like sharp or, or okay. sexual harassment related stuff. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like you get your, your standard guys are like, Hey, yeah. how are you? You want to hang out? You want to go to the chow hall together? I'm like, <laughs> no, nah, man, uh, I'm, counting, I'm, <laughs> counting my, I'm counting my macros and this is my third workout of the day. I got to go. Like, yeah. so. No, I get that. No. Uh, but I mean, you were in Kuwait, you know how that fucking place was. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's really, no. it's really easy to get caught up uh, in your little, you know, in the little like. Yeah. Well, that's what I liked about it. We had like a little, little, little unit. A little click, yeah. And we all looked after each other and kind of, you know, we went to the chow hall and uh, we used Cat as our off yep. meal purchaser for all the places. Because, yep. I mean, for those who don't know, like not everybody was able to go off post in Kuwait and we were not allowed at the moment for a good stretch because there was a suicide bombing at a church or at a mosque, not a church, and at a mosque. A mosque. Uh, it was probably around this time. Well, no, it was last, it was in June of 2015. Mm -hmm. So that is why we had to use contractors to sneak us food onto base. So go ahead and report us, whatever it's over. Um, but yeah, so there's people in Kuwait who are doing great, but at the moment they're not. Cause, uh, one of my, one of my really good friends, she's still a contractor in Kuwait and, uh, yeah, they can't do shit. They're so fucking locked down. It sucks yeah. to be in Kuwait right now. It's not even fun. They can't I, use any of the gyms. Like what? Yeah. COVID. It's crazy. Yeah, this whole like 18 like, gyms and a pool on Air John. They can't do shit. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. I don't know what I would do if I'd been stuck out there no, without dude, any of those outlets. Oh God. Because like the working out, like I spent so much time at the gym, especially because I was, you know, like after you guys left, I was actually running the CrossFit program out there. So like yeah, okay. I spent every, oh, from like five in the morning to like we closed at nine o'clock at night. I was at work or there. That's I it. spent more time in the gym than I ever did working. Like I, my, 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 my normal day. And I used to love fucking doing, I wouldn't, I wouldn't brag about that since you just said your Murph time earlier. So well, that was then Murph time now. <laughs> I still need to do it this year because I didn't get a chance. So my gym was closed, uh, but I'm going to do it. My Murph time last year was like, I don't know. It was like 41 minutes. I'm good at Murph. It's not even hard. It's fuck. It's not hard for people in the military. I don't think like you could be pretty good at Murph. We run, we do pull-ups. Most people just can't, you know, do push-ups. I think that's what most people can't do. I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, like my day in Kuwait was, because uh, I lived in zone six. There was a Starbucks District, district six. Yeah, this is, I, I lived in zone six. There was a Starbucks there. And then we worked in zone one. Um, so if you knew there was a, there was a, there was a Starbucks in, in zone six, and there was another one in like, was it zone two? Before? Yeah, the bougie, the bougie zone. Yeah, before I don't remember what it was called. Strip. So yeah, my at the, office, at the, officers, like, the officers' quarters. Look, all I knew is the defect closed at eight fifteen, so I would get up at eight, go to the defect, I would get my free food, I would then go to the first Starbucks, and I would sit there and read the Stars and Stripes and get my little double espressos, and then I would 
pedal my little rented bike up to where I worked, which was like two miles away up in zone one. I'd be there for like, I don't know, two hours max, just respond to email and then tell my LT, ma'am, let me know if you need anything. And I'd be gone. Well, my platoon sergeant, she was a platoon leader. It was her first deployment. She was all about just like being in charge of everything. And I was like, fine, cool. Let me know if you need anything. Yeah. I'm not going to step on your toes. Don't care. Um, <laughs> so then I'd go to lunch. Then I would take a nap. And then I would go to the fucking CrossFit gym at three. Yes. And I would do Oof. whatever. I Usually Rob would show up. We would just lift and then get ready for the class if we were coaching that day. And then we would do our own shit. And then... I would go to dinner with you guys. And then that was probably <laughs> because what dinner stopped at like 20 hundred. So we'd go at like yeah. 1945. So yeah, from like three to almost eight at night, we'd be in the gym. Like, yeah, I literally spent more time at the gym than I ever did working. Dude. I was like coaching at one point, the five 30 class that we'd considered canceling a bunch of times because we couldn't get any coaches that wanted to coach that like good like ungodly hour and i was like oh, oh, unless you can like, go oh. take a nap afterwards. oh <laughs> nope no naps and i was just like fuck all right i'll take one for the team so my yeah. dumb ass is like just wiping the crust out of my eyes like showing up all <laughs> frizzy haired and like sweatpants and like grumbling at people i was just like, angry just fucking miserable coach i'd go eat my breakfast go back to my room, get changed, go to work. Cause my first meeting was like at seven fucking 30. And then, uh, yeah, I'd be at work all day, go to lunch, be at work all afternoon, might be able to skip away for an afternoon workout, which was really just to get like as much pre-workout I could as I could into my <laughs> body so that I wouldn't fall asleep by like three ish. And then I'd be out by like, five, six, start coaching. And then by like eight, I was doing my workout and then I'd fucking rinse, wash and repeat. Like my days were so full, but like time flies that way. Like it sounds oh, miserable yeah. thinking back on it now, but like, I, love it. I fucking loved it. And it was really, flew. oh, it flew. And I like, even now, you know, I've, I haven't been back in, I left in June of 2017. And you know, you look back and you're like, God, those are some fucking great times. I was exhausted, but it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Slept, you know, yeah. just had fucking bronchitis every other week because of the dust storms. <laughs> like, fuck coronavirus. I was sick every other week. I had some sort of like allergy. Like, prepped sort of you allergy. for it. Oh they my God. Yeah. My, pretty much with all the antibiotics I had to take, I had some sort of like upper respiratory infection or allergy <laughs> attack, like you a sinus infection it, you know. all the probably you may have brought it to the americas you know? you know what you're not so i was in milan in february and they shut shit down like two three weeks after i'd gotten home my friends like my friend sends me this message she's like oh damn hey, they just they just shut yeah, down that was like ground italy. zero yeah they're like hey they just shut down italy i was like bitch we were just there what are you talking about <laughs> and i look i had no idea what was going on and i look up the news i was like the fuck is a coronavirus <laughs> and i was like oh my god shit we were good, so you've been the one. I might have been. I might have been patient zero this time. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I definitely can tie my experience back down to San Francisco and the the Giants season ticket holder event I went to, and then the Oregon. So, it, it, whatever. I had it. I'm good now. But um, so I do know this, and this is probably one of the 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 last things I want to get into because I know uh, you're on East Coast hours, so I appreciate you giving me your time. <laughs> It's seven o'clock here. I'm good. <laughs> you on the other hand, you got a workout to do in the morning. Um, I do. Yeah. So I'm finishing my sleeve. So 
Okay. Uh, yeah, I see that. Look at that. What do you yeah, got I got so, I got some more work to go. It's a little bit more work. I'm I'm not I'm not sleeped up. I got I got, got this. I better get no time no time like the present. Costume. I'd rather buy bourbon. Look, I mean <laughs> that's what I spend my money on. Cost about the same. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to finish bottles up so I have less to move next weekend. But anyway. You were you were were you a Bernie Sanders supporter? <laughs> yes. Okay. So let me get this straight. Any 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 reasonable human being can say with 100% accuracy that Bernie Sanders was screwed out of the nomination in 2016. That happened. Yes. So then this year I just would love to get your take on, on everything and, and maybe what you predict, but I, I watched the exact same thing happen. I watch Bernie Sanders, who I would be more than willing to let receive the nomination and just let America decide rather than watch this man get forced out based on the powers that be. Because I watched every one of these debates. I watched every one of these primary voting things. And Joe Biden was nowhere to be found ever in any of them until everyone systematically dropped out. Right. And I still contend on this date. It is now what? July 24th. July 24th. July 24th. That no side wants to win this election. The president doesn't want to win. Joe Biden damn sure doesn't win. He don't even know what fucking day it is. And the people who had the best chance of beating him were forced out. So, so I, I blame, I blame my generation for this, right? So if you, and I'm going to get the, I'm going to get the dates wrong. I'm going to get the dates wrong, right? So, but it's the millennials, those 80s, 80s to. Yeah. I don't know. Cause like I was born in 80 and like on some generalizations, they, they, I, I make it. No, they're like, they're set dates. Yeah. So what, what were, when were you born? You were 85, 86. Oh no, I'm older than that. I was born in 80, 1980. Oh, I think I'm you fall. Oh no. No, no. Yeah. no I yeah, think you, you're like right on the cusp. Yeah. So exactly. I'm, I'm so I'm yeah. either a millennial or I'm not. You're, right on the, so. you're like, yeah, you're, you're right on the cusp. You're like the kids that didn't grow up with cell phones. Well, exactly you had, i did you not had, you had beepers Never, so. yeah. <laughs> exact pagers yes to spend it 10 days for school from having one yeah, yeah that's it um <laughs> fucking sending each other like messages and stuff and like call me 9111 yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> um yeah man millennials just they, we don't fucking show up to primary votes they just it's it, like historically hasn't happened and you know i i I kind of expected them to, to show up this time around and I voted. They didn't. It's okay. It is what it is. You think that's um, real? That people don't? don't vote? Yeah. I mean, the numbers just don't, just well, don't support it. They didn't do it la the last election either. And well, that I wanted, kind of oh, all right, let me ask you this. Cause um, so Mitt Romney, I just read an article with him last night when I was going to bed, Mitt Romney obviously hates president Trump, but he thinks he's going to win. And he, he, one of the three reasons he thinks, he's going to win is because of what you just said is like, you know what? The opposition never shows up. Yep. But why? Like this makes no sense to me on a logical perspective. Like, okay, you want this result. Why are you not going to do your part to make that happen? So I'm going to say, and this is again, right? Like my opinion yeah. and based on like watching um, the last, oh fuck, I've been able to vote since I was 
I mean, I'm gonna say 18, but like when I turned 18 was like the Obama election, right? So like that was my first. Mine was uh, Bush and uh, Gore. Bush and Gore, and I ended up voting for Ralph Nader. Actually, (laughs) (laughs) I got so influenced in college the first time. I was like, oh yeah, I love Ralph Nader. I got to I got to meet Ralph Nader. He's uh, really nice. He's a very nice guy. He wasn't lucid when we met, but he's a very nice guy. (laughs) All right, so there you go. Um. But yeah, I was at a book signing, very random. Yeah, um, yeah I, uh, I, I don't think, so one, like disenfranchised, disenfranchised voters is one thing, right? So you got a lot of voters that are like, I'm not gonna vote, my vote doesn't count. And okay, cool, whatever, like that's part of it. Um, but also if you look at a lot of, I'm gonna say, I don't, I don't wanna use the word I'm trying to think of how to word this. I mean, let's just call it what it is, I guess, voter suppression, right? right. So like, if you want to look well, at voter suppression. Well, you know, you have a lot of these fucking counties that are closing down. And, and this has been happening even since before now. But if you look at a lot of like poorer counties, right? So like urban areas, they have one or two polling places for like thousands and thousands of fucking people. And again, these people, going back to original, like previous conversations, right? Because this is a multi fucking, this is a multifaceted fucking problem. You have these people that are working two to three jobs that aren't going to let them get off to go fucking vote. So they don't vote. I I, I feel like the, the, I think, I think it should be a holiday. Personally, be, I think it should be a paid fucking, be a fucking holiday. Why the fuck you know what? Columbus- you want bipartisan support? You want bipartisan support? There's two things you'll have bipartisan support on this country. DACA and fucking making election day a fucking federal holiday. That's it. I, so you know what? I don't think, I don't think th- that they would get bipartisan support on that because if they fucking could, they'd have done it already. I think the problem with it is that a lot of institutional Democrats and a lot of institutional Republicans yeah. don't want people showing up to the fucking polls. The same way they don't want them to have the time to research and pay attention to what the fuck's going on. <laughs> so, so, I thought, I, you, so I requested my, my absentee ballot because I'm still a registered voter in Florida. Oh. You, do you know how I'm getting my absentee ballot and how I will submit it this year? Pony Express? I don't know. Mosquitoes? You guys have a lot of those. Um, email. Oh, wow. Wait, so let me ask you this. What, what was the big contention in 2016 that was... What happened? What, what, what supposedly happened during our election in 2016? Was it hacked? Are oh, you talking about the hacking in Florida? So let me, well, hold on. So if I'm going to vote by email. Yeah, it's way more secure. It'll be fine. It, it'll buff itself. I work in IT. This is fine. So, so I had an opportunity and I'm doing this on purpose because I had two choices. I could get, I could receive a paper ballot or I could get one by email. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go email. Let's just see what fucking let's watch happens. This. Let's see. Let's watch this ride. Where's my yeah. lighter? I let's don't. just let it, let, let, me, let me let this fucking thing burn because I can't imagine this is going to go well. Now, let's, let's, let's bring it to a serious thing because what you said. Um, it's not a holiday. There are the things that you described. That I think those are very real. Um, but what's going on in this country right now? You can't go anywhere can't do anything in many states and some of the biggest states so maybe not in north carolina but california we can't fucking do anything right now or go anywhere yeah north carolina is also a hot zone people just are pretending like it isn't a thing whatever yeah Um, so but yeah yeah for sure right so we're not supposed to congregate in large fucking groups and now but we're supposed to go vote which is (laughs) which is insane to me right like there's no reason that 
there's no reason they send us the fucking census every year via mail why the fuck can't we send in our ballots that way like it's i i i don't I, i'm with you and then i think there's a, there's there's very little evidence to show that yeah. it could be i mean we've been doing mail-in ballots forever we do them overseas all the time when we're deployed well, so that's a great point because I brought that up initially and, and a, a, a guy way smarter than me, uh, he points out that that's such a small portion of the population and they're completely regulated. And unfortunately, a lot of the times they don't even get counted because they, they, they arrive way after. Yeah, they get counted after the fact for yeah. sure, right? But that, again, the no, thing it, is- I, I get, because I, I, I felt like that's a good thing, but now let's, let's, let's forecast that out on a mass scale. And now on a you, mass scale. Now you yeah. put- the burden on the polling institutions, it becomes much higher. And that's why I said like, look, why is this not, why is, why is it 2020 and the fucking voting, the national election day is not a fucking holiday. And let's, if it's not going to be a holiday, let's take Christopher Columbus day and turn that into a fucking voting holiday. Can we why? do that? But if like, it's not going to be a holiday, why is it during the week and not on a fucking Saturday? Right? Like th- there's so many things that we could make, make this life the make it easier like we were we're going to vote does it really have to be the fuck what is it is it the second tuesday in november is that how it works but if they but if they make it easier that means it's going to be harder for these fucking shitbags to keep their jobs in washington yeah you're right and uh, i i think we've seen a great display of that recently um yeah and it's both sides right like oh god oh my my favorite my favorite 2020 black lives matter shit show like activist thing that anybody did was like the like the congressmen with their fucking Wakanda outfits, like kneeling in the center oh. of like the Capitol building or whatever the hell they were doing. Like Nancy Pelosi, you take your wrinkly white <laughs> ass back to fucking side and go write some fucking bills or something. Like go do something else. Get the hell out of here. It was bad. Shut up. Like what are you doing? Bad. It was Again. very bad. And, and you know what? I didn't even have the, the like. That's the other thing. I think everything's so performative at this point. Performative it, activism. Yep. It doesn't even mean anything anymore. It doesn't. It's so, and again, right? Like, so that's, oh, that's, a, and that's a whole other issue with the whole cancel culture shit, right? Like, yeah. when do they actually mean an apology? But for me, unless you're actively coming out and saying, hey, I'm sorry that I voted for the bill passed during the Clinton administration. The Brady bill? If we are talking about, you know, the war on drugs and the three strikes laws. And I supported that. I'm fucking sorry. It was a, it was a huge mistake. Like, unless you're coming out and actually apologizing for the shit that you took part in because you were in Congress during this time, you voted for this shit, then, then shut the fuck up. And Biden was one of the fucking writers. So don't tell me that he's here for black people or Hispanics. He doesn't give a shit. Sorry, not sorry. Okay. so so, So there's, there's, there's my question to you, right? I don't have a candidate this year. I'm waiting to see who Biden's running mate is. And I'm waiting yeah. to, so. I think most people are. That's it. Because he's not going to be running anything. He's, that dude. Well, you know what? Joe Rogan pointed this out months ago, but you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't say it. Like, I'm not happy to say it, but it's just honesty. Like I can recognize it. Like this man is not. I watched Joe Biden in 2012 during the VP debate against Paul Ryan absolutely fucking annihilate that man to where I felt bad for Paul Ryan because Joe Biden was 
I did. I still remember, like, it was 2000. I remember clear as day. I was like, this, like, yo, I need to call 911 reporter a murder because what <laughs> Joe Biden did to Paul Ryan was embarrassing. And I was like, man, I just, because I voted for Obama in 2008 and I was just looking for any reason not to vote for him in 2012. And then I was like, this is your VP? Joe Biden just embarrassed that motherfucker yeah. on national television and I thought it was bad and then I watch him now and I'm like that's not the same dude no he and I feel bad because he's just too old and you can't control just... it. It, it like we don't know whether what age it strikes but we just we, when that cognitive decline comes there's no reversing it and I feel bad because Joe Biden he's not he's not the one and he's not there but I still want to know how Democrats decide it hey we hate President Trump we have this mass unity against him and you know what we have to do everything we can to defeat him and you know how we're going to do it we're going to nominate joe biden really that's what you there yeah but i mean the whole like and i consider i've considered myself an independent since forever right and i'm with you man you know you (laughs) they're the the democrats and the republicans they're fucking wings on the same bird you know what i mean like they all benefit if you look at all of all of these pervasive and like fucked up laws at the end of the day, all this does is provide job security because they never actually solve any of the fucking problems we have. And it's always the same topics. Every election cycle, it's immigration, border security, the war on terror, abortion, abortion, (laughs) (laughs) nailed it, abortion. And like, Nothing ever happens on either side, right? They just argue the same fucking tire talking points over and over again. And then they pat each other on the back behind closed doors and say, all right, see you again in four years, buddy. (laughs) Like, it's the same bullshit. It's awful. And the reason, and again, there was plenty of things that I didn't agree with Bernie Sanders on, right? On his progressive platform. But there are a lot of things that I did. And I looked into Bernie Sanders as a person and if you dig into his life if there's anything you can say about the man is that he's consistent and he gives a shit about people did you and ever watch that that Trevor Noah daily show thing when they released all of his tapes about him getting arrested in college and shit oh no 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 oh, the, oh you're talking about the ones where he was talking to the kids and he was like, <laughs> who here's who here does cocaine <laughs> God, I love that. Like my girl, yes, uh, grandpa. The two of us. That shit is hilarious. Like, and but though Trevor Noah's right. Like Bernie Sanders has looked the same for like forty years. Like, oh yeah, same like fucking Einstein, like like Muppet hairdo. He looks like the guy from Back to the Future. But that dude, but that dude has consistently been on the right side of history Um, on so many fucking issues. I don't think fly though mainstream. I just that's that's the thing. Well, the thing is, it's, you know, a progressive candidate or a candidate that's proposing shit like this just seems like so fucking far-fetched. Yeah. And the thing is, we see it work in other countries or even in, like, small communities, like in the United States. Anybody who says that the military isn't a socialist institution is lying to themselves. We're all, everybody across the same rank is paid the same. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about it. We're all given the same outfit. (laughs) We're all fed the same food. We are all given the same health care. We are all, and like, and there are definitely ways that it fails the system. And honestly, we see that a lot of the time when shit's privatized. Yep. I'm not going to get into the whole that, but you know, like that's to say it doesn't work and it can't work on a larger scale. We, we see a lot of socialist institutions well, in public school, the police department, law, um, the fire department, 
we see it in public roads, libraries, like all of these things are paid for by the citizens. I personally just think that we should go a step further and more shit that should be paid for and supplied to the citizens with our taxpayer money. There's nothing, nothing's free, right? Everybody's like, oh, well, it's free, free college, free this, free that. It's not fucking free. I pay taxpayer money. I don't have kids. I, I don't plan to have kids. Kids are not for me. They're for some people. It's just not for me. Right. But I want my taxpayer money. Send all of my dollars to the fucking public schools in my areas. You know why? Because I don't like living with dummies. I don't want to <laughs> fucking, I don't want to run into your idiot kids at Walmart. Your kids should be able to fucking read. So tell, take my dollars and teach your kids to read. Like, I don't give a shit what happens, right? Main... Invest in the infrastructure, invest in healthcare, invest in making our country as fucking awesome as it can be. But we just choose to spend our money on, you know, well, I think that's where you're, you're, you're that, that's the issue we run into because that's the problem with all of these ideologies, whether it's Marxism, whether it's communism, socialism, any isn't fascism, pick, pick an ism. The problem lies at the individual who's going to implement it. And that's the X factor that you can never account for. Because we can say everything that you just said, like, hey, let's fucking do this. But somewhere, someone, along that line is in charge of implementing it and executing it. And that's where every issue stems from in any system. Yep. Right. Let's like, look, my biggest thing at this point, I joined the United States army specifically and dropped out of college and gave up a, a fleeting baseball career <laughs> because of nine 11. That's, that's, that's the sole reason, right? We have been literally in Afghanistan my entire army career. I've been in the army 18 years, but you know what? Afghanistan was a great idea, horrible execution. And that's where it comes down to with anything, right? We can have great ideas. It's how it's going to be executed and implemented. And that's why I feel like those things, look, our last true enemy, if that's what you want to call it, was Russia during the Cold War. And we won that ideological battle because we realized that communism doesn't work when you take into the effect or the account of the individual who implements it. You get into corruption, you get into all those things. Do we have corruption in the United States? Absolutely. Let's, let's not pretend that doesn't happen. However, it's very different when you're controlling everything. Right? So... While on the surface, I, there's nothing you say that I don't agree with, but it's just not realistic. I think, so I think it is, I think, again, right, like the thing that we, need, uh, if we were going to immediately, if I was king for a day, queen for a day, whatever. Queen, yeah. This is whatever queen you, I'm whatever, king shit, whatever queen you shit, identify yeah, as, <laughs> queen, king for a day, right? I just give a shit about having a super sweet ass crown. Um, Fuck yeah. Speaking of what, we'll go into that next before we get out of here. Go ahead. <laughs> but I, I think if we were going to pump all of our dollars into anything, it needs to be revamping education and not just for testing, like testing, testing is, based yeah. standards based education is a fucking waste of money and time for everybody. And basically on that basing teachers merits off of student testing is ridiculous and forcing all students to have the same fucking aptitude for certain subjects is ridiculous, right? Like, I was never going to be great at math. That's not my thing. Me either. You know, and <laughs> yeah, it just is what it is. 
but like them forcing like you need to fucking go to algebra 30 times until you get it like all right guess what still don't get it um <laughs> and i'm doing okay. at 31 i'm doing okay yeah. <laughs> it's fine I, pythagorean's theorem's never done shit for me never That's once fair. needed it to, never That's once fair. needed it climbing the ladder of success right <laughs> um but those are those things i don't think and i don't think that we have enough investment in i want to say trades and in skill sets right we teach a lot of like we put a lot of emphasis on just going to college in general and we don't actually teach skill sets or even fucking educate people on the opportunities that they have anyway because again you don't know what you don't know if you watch your your parents be raised as fucking coal workers their entire life you don't understand that there's an entire there's a life outside of there's that. An, well, there's a life outside of that. There's a fucking market for like, hey, we need engineers for solar power because coal's fucking dying. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we need engineers over at Tesla to create these solar panels to do all this cool sexy shit. Tesla, right by down the, way, the road for me. Yeah, by the way, cars are flying. You want to be involved in that kid? Here's this, you know, here's a fucking scholarship for that or here, learn coding. You know, all of these things are not opportunities that are really given across the board and i think that they should be one because we need it as a culture we, we need it as a country to stay relevant and competitive because that's really where everybody else is going um technology is the future period like bar none no cap i would agree with you 100 percent on that and and this is what's weird because i'm going to tie this back in before we move on out of this and into the last thing i want to kind of get your take on um our number one competitor on everything, whether it's ideological, whether it's economical, whether it's from fucking a manufacturing perspective right now is China, mm-hmm. period. And you know what? I have, I have tried this and it is fucking hard. It is very hard to support American only anything. It's just hard. Um, a buddy of mine on Twitter the other day was like, Hey, you know, our real enemy is, is, is China. And we're, we're watching this, you know, genocide and all this shit with the Uyghurs take place. And uh, we need to speak out and be on the right side of history again. And I replied simply with, you know what, that would be great. Except everything we're going to use to write history, we're going to get from fucking China. So we have to realize, and, and it's ironic because you start looking at some of the recent ads coming from Joe Biden. He's literally repeating the fucking Trump campaign from 2016 by saying we need to do everything better and do it here in the United States. Well, Trump was a fucking racist apparently for wanting to do that in 2016, but now it's like, eh, well, you know, we can, we could co op that shit in 2020 because we, I don't know if we're either realizing that we need to reinvigorate the American independence or just the American manufacturing and all that shit, which is still limited because we outsource a lot of shit for everything that you said at the start of this fucking interview, right? Corporations are only going to do what's best for themselves, not for what's the little man, right? So let's bring it full circle, like you said, right? Because that's the reality. Because if we were about doing what's best for the United States, China and anybody else wouldn't be a fucking thought. Because we're 330 million strong, and yet while we're not number one in population, we are definitely number one in output and, and all that stuff. Now, if you, if you could um, implore that with everything that we outsource, we'd be way above. Like a $14 trillion economic output for the year would be marginal. We'd probably do 20 or 22 million or 22 trillion. But we don't because we, we, we outsource so much to China. 
And what China doesn't realize is if we turn off the faucet, what's China going to do? Who are they going to sell everything to? That's my thing. And that's why I tie into what you're originally saying, because you have great ideas. Like, I, trust me, like, I, I would love for the next generation, my daughter, whoever the population that comes after her, I want them to be smarter than me. That's my, like, like in, in, in my public education. That's all we can hope for. <laughs> right. And, and you know what? I don't. That's all we can hope for. I, I don't have a good, I don't have a good hope. I don't. I think uh, um, I, I'm, op- I'm optimistic. I'm, I am going to say Not if we're doing I'm, shit by virtual. Uh, it's a, you know what? It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a different kind of intelligence, I think. Right. Because it depends on what you consider mm-hmm. intelligence um, that's, or that's what you fair. consider, what's, what's you, what you consider success. You get a lot of old also school guys fair. that are like, you get a lot of old school mentality that unless you're working with your hands, it's not a hard day's work. Yeah. Like, no, you know I, I mean? well, I think mental work is way harder. If, if yeah. you can exhaust your brain, you'll be, you'll be just as fucking tired at the end of the day. Right. So, like, <laughs> yeah. So, so I work. Uh, I work. There's a lot of shit going on up here. <laughs> it takes a lot of energy. I, I'm telling you, sometimes I'll just sit there and like, I'll, I work in IT and I'll just yeah, be staring. I'll, sta- I'll stare, I'll stare, I'll stare at a problem and I'll be like, I'd rather be outside. <laughs> but I, I did. I used to do nonprofit construction. So I did AmeriCorps before I joined the military. I used to do uh, work with Habitat for Humanity. Okay. I'd rather be fucking putting trusses together in the middle of Biloxi, Mississippi, <laughs> than doing this house. shit. Yeah, <laughs> this exactly. is terrible. Yeah. You know. Um. But I, I think, you know, when it comes to China, when it comes to to the way that global markets work now we are so intertwined like there's really no getting away from that because we rely not just on china but vietnam south america malaysia the philippines like you look at all of these you know where do these things come from tags or like manufactured in um and fun fact the loophole made in america all all of the individual parts can be made in other countries but as long as it was assembled in the united states it can say Made in America. My Chevy Silverado is like that. Made in America, right? <laughs> Mexico. Which is com- right, which is completely disingenuous, right? That's it's bullshit. It's a I was at around. Starbucks this morning and they got all the chairs upside down and I looked on the stools and it's made like, in China. No, Ukraine. Oh well, shit. There you go. What the fuck are we doing? Ukraine? That- in Ukraine. <laughs> you know, and we're so we're so intertwined with these other. Yeah. No, it's it, globalization and- is real. It's not going anywhere. But right. We can do better, I think. I think, and I think so too, but I think the, the thing that we need to focus on, right, again, for secondary tertiary effects yep. is education. Because at the end of the day, a lot of these countries that we do compete with economically, um, whose military we're also keeping an eye on. So, so, so ec- economically and, and geopolitically, they are starting to very quickly outnumber us in or out, outperform, us in, outperform us in education when it comes to math, science, and reading. Yeah. And that is going to be a fucking problem. I mean, you see it as a recruiter when oh, yeah. it comes to education or kids' ASVAB scores, right? So their, their aptitude battery tests mm-hmm. and their, their, their weight or their health. It's all about they're, region. They're, they're, they're fucking, they're, they're useless, right? They're not, they're not well, smart enough. <laughs> So to, to tie into that quickly, so it, it's very much 
I've spent all my time recruiting or as a station commander in, in California, and it's all based on the school district. So where I was at previously, very well-financed, very uh, affluent school district. If kids had an issue with the ASVAB, they could study and improve and be fine. Yeah. Now, the district I'm in, awful, underfunded, mostly not poor, but just on the lower end of the economics spectrum right yeah and yeah and and, and this is a, this it's a school district where the teachers just force these kids through I, i've watched kids come in with transcripts with 3.8 3.9 gpa and they can't pass the fucking practice test to even go down and do the asvab um and they don't know how to study like if i was in that previous district i could be like hey man study two three weeks come back you'll probably double your score and they would this one they don't improve they don't know how to study They've never yeah. been taught. They've just been moved along in the system. Or taught because, to just regurgitate shit. Yeah. They're not taught well, to you think. Know, you know what the best learn. thing? You know what the best thing I've seen that this school district does that the other one didn't? The other school district takes away their phones for the day. Can't use oh. them. You know what this school district does? These fuckers sit there and text throughout their test. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, we're, we're setting up our kids, unfortunately, for failure instead of success, like you said. But yeah, no, look, I get it. Um, education is still a big thing, but it's also, it's very discriminant in certain areas. Because I've seen it, and I've seen it in the state, in our union, who's probably the most well-intentioned, and that's California. But you know what? There are still very, very different outcomes for the population based on where they live. So I went to three, I went to three high schools growing up because Dang. my parents divorced. Well, because my parents divorced. Okay. Uh, my first year was in Las Vegas, Nevada. Horrible school district. Durango High School. You saw nice. Um I think, I think Marco Rubio went there, I think. Ugh. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, I don't know I if knew, you're being serious. God, it's a terrible no, school. I am serious. He, he, his parents moved to Nevada when he was in high school. I think he went to high okay. school before he went to Florida. He was a University yeah, so of Florida guy. He was my senator. Like he's the he's the guy I wanted to to beat Trump. Didn't happen, but whatever. Anyway. So let me so let me get to Florida. So I went to Durango High School in Las Vegas, Nevada. I went to Troy High School in um, Fullerton, California. It's a really really good school, a uh, good school district for for public school. Like Cal State Fullerton. I almost went yeah, and played baseball there. Right next to Cal State Fullerton. <laughs> almost so, went. <laughs> so that was uh so that was a feeder school to that school, and then. I graduate out of Homestead, Florida, which is a oh shit. shit. I know Homestead. Yes, the shithole. So, <laughs> Damn. I, I I got to see the the spectrum of like the quality of education these kids got. Um, yeah. And I'm gonna say these kids. I was one of them. I just I was really lucky that I had a pretty decent foundation. Keep I, going. I, I, Keep I read going. a lot on my own. Um, but I got to see this sort of broad spectrum of like what education means in these different places. And, you know, you have valedictorians in the school in Florida that like didn't understand basic, like I'm going to say basic, but like easy literature or easy concepts to grasp, like 1984 and, you know, a midsummer night's dream. And they just, they don't get it. Like the concepts are so outside of their grasp of understanding and, you know, you have 
like these incredible mock debate teams in Fullerton, California. And then, you know, you put them against a mock debate team in like Homestead, Florida, and it's just not Fullerton, California and Homestead, Florida. It's just not the same um, because the amount, the, the level of education, the care and education, the types of teachers, the standards that they have are so fucking vastly different. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really heartbreaking. And I don't think a lot of people in this country know, especially if you stay in one place and you raise your kids in one place, you don't know how bad the, the quality of education is in some other places. Yep. Um, so that's what I mean by like, you know, really? kind of just equalizing things across the board. And I guess that's a very socialist sort of though, point right? of view. No, but you're right. Because right. Because you, you have to believe in states' rights and the whole yeah. other thing. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I feel like there's somebody much, much smarter out there, smarter than me, that has a, that has a solution I to this problem. Okay, look, we're already in the hour two. This is going to go full. <laughs> but so, no, you're right. But let, let, me, let me give you a perfect example. I was born in New Jersey. I, uh, we moved. Ew. Hey, relax. <laughs> <laughs> we moved to Florida when I was five. You know, and I have a cousin who's three weeks younger than me. Grew up and did all of her time in, in, in New Jersey. New Jersey actually has a really good education system. I did not know this. Exactly. Really so good education that, That's system. where I'm going with this because I remember like, and we mocked it when I was in high school. I was like, oh yeah, I'm graduating from fucking Pointiana High School in Kissimmee, Florida. And like, yeah, yeah, we're Florida, 49th in the country in education. Meanwhile, my cousin, you know, I got to go to college. All right, here, I'm gonna give you two stories. <laughs> my, my cousin, the three weeks younger, who I grew up like a little sister to me, she way fucking smarter than me. She's a teacher now, actually. Um, way fucking smarter. When she went to like her SAT scores, everything, like fucking dwarfed me, right? I, I was able to qualify to get into college to play baseball. <laughs> she played, she was a college athlete as well as a softball player, but she was able to go to like a hard school to get into and also play sports, right? Right. New Jersey education. Yes. Like you said, actually a great public education school system, but it's way fun. Like it's, and it was weird. Cause like, hold on. We're both 18. I don't know half the fucking shit you're talking about, but you know what? When I went to school, you know what I did? I did enough. That's what I did. She felt like she had to work her ass off to graduate. All I had to do was show up and I was an athlete. So when I got to college and I finally went back after I joined the army, cause I didn't, I didn't even try when I went to college to play baseball. I was just like, I'm here to play baseball. I'm gonna be a pro athlete class. Yeah. I found out the hard way real quick. But then when I did go back, um, you talk about math and shit. Like, look, I, I was one of those kids. I was, I had to buy the student manual to teach myself math in college because I had to take two college classes both of them at the school I was going to at the time, one of the professors was from Vietnam, the other was from China, and the only fucking language those dudes spoke was math. They didn't know how to talk to me in it's English. A, to it's teach a, it's a universal language. Exactly. <laughs> and I was just out of luck. I was just like, man, I'm going to have to teach myself. And I did. And I taught myself. And I am proud to report that I got A's. But it wasn't because of my teachers. It's because I literally showed up two hours before class and went to the library and taught myself. But that's what I had to do. Most people don't have that. Yep. And I didn't have it when I initially went. I was just there. I was like, fast tracking to the major leagues, bro. Fuck this college class shit. I ain't got time for that. But anyway, all right. So let me let me move this along because you, I'm, like I said, I'm gonna have to probably 
coerce you to come back on because there's a lot. <laughs> two things. Give me your prediction. What's going to happen in November? Ooh, I, um, you know, I think Joe Jorgensen's probably going to take a larger chunk of the vote than I'm going to give her credit for. Um, I think a lot of people are going to throw, throw their vote this year. Um, you think it's going to take away from Biden or take away from Trump? Oh, it's going to take away from, from Biden for sure. Uh, I think a lot of people that might have voted for Trump, you know, it's really hard to kick out an incumbent when you have a bunch of yeah. stuff yep. um, happening like we have happening right now, but this is sort of unprecedented, right? So, That's but I think, uh, I, I, I don't know, man, this year's a tough one to predict because there's, we've kind of got like a shit sandwich versus, versus like well, I said nobody diarrhea spaghetti. Like which <laughs> one do you want to, which one seems more palatable? Oh, like, How's the seasoning? Just, yeah. Oh, it, do I get a side? What's the side? And I think that's what we're all hoping with. Like, okay, yeah. what do I, what do I get to wash this down with? So we're waiting to see like what Biden's running mate looks like. We already know Pence looks like the fucking, you know, that, Oh God, what is it? Not Johnny Tsunami. It's like that fucking cartoon from Cartoon Network with like Johnny the, Bravo. Johnny, with no, like the villain with the white hair. It wasn't. Oh fuck, I don't remember. You know what I'm talking about though. Probably. He looks. He looks like a fucking Cartoon Network villain. Um, but isn't it bad? Like because I, I I had my reservations about Pence when he was announced as his running mate. But remember the original coronavirus briefings? The only one that looked like the adult in the room was Pence. And I was just like, man, like. I think that's just because he, he was the only one not saying anything stupid. That, yeah, and like he, he was the only one that appeared empathetic. Boy. And like, yeah, like he said, he wasn't saying anything stupid. I'm just like, is this so hard? Is it this hard? Can you just be like this? I, but but he can't, then. He can't do it. He I, can't so do it. I, I struggle with like the duality though. Like I feel like he has like his own Alzheimer's, right? Because he's like, oh, you know, Black Lives Matter. I can't believe this is happening today. But then like he goes and makes this whole fucking show of like showing up to a football game. And as soon as Kaepernick kneels, he's like, I'm out of here. Like a fucking petulant child. Like, I remember that. that whatever, dude. Whatever, dude. <laughs> like you literally wasted taxpayer money to come and like throw a temper tantrum. Do you, bro? Whatever. Yeah. And, and then like the coronavirus briefings, but then like he shows up to the hospital without a mask and he's like, I didn't know we have to wear one. What the fuck? Well, I mean, fucking Dr. Fauci's out here throwing the first pitch out. And he's up in the stands without his mask on. I'm so, I do this whole fucking thing. I'm just like, I can't with any of you right now. And the inconsistency of all of it. All of it. It's yeah. insane. And then, you know, I don't know. I'm honestly, I, I, I think at this point this year, I wouldn't be surprised in this, you know, knock on wood. I'm not wishing ill on anybody. I wouldn't be surprised if one of the fucking candidates catches coronavirus at this point And like, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that hasn't happened. I don't know. turns into a fucking X-Men and I mean, look at like the fucking president of Brazil caught it for a second time. I think, I think it was Brazil. I think he just caught it for a second time. Like that's the other thing that's out there is like, oh, it's morphing and you may catch it more than once. Yeah, that's what viruses fucking do. It's great that we haven't even like tackled this one. We have no idea how it works. We have no idea how it really spreads. That's we don't really know its incubation period. Does it live on aluminum for 28 days? Does it? Is it coming in <laughs> hey, on your that's fucking why I'm FedEx like, boxes? Hey, you know what? Let's just, everybody, just go fucking get it. Just like the flu. Let's just fucking, let's just get it. Bro, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> No? I, like the military injected me with so much shit at this Dude, point that I never looked at your shot record. 
Have you ever gotten it? Have you got an anthrax shot? I've got all yeah, six of the fucking. All of them. Yeah, shirts. I've got them all. I got that yep. shit in 2003 when it started. And then the, the peanut butter <laughs> shot in the ass with the fucking globulin or whatever. My, my shot record is. Pages. It's a, it, I think the last I looked, I've got like 41 different inoculations in my life, but whatever. You see, you're. That's, you're, thing. That's why I'm not worried. Like, none of this. Sh- I, I'm good. I can't be affected either way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, seriously, some of those, if those chemicals fucking not reacting to each other didn't, <laughs> or like reacting to each other didn't kill you, you're probably at this point superhuman. Yeah, I'm good. I mean, at this point. All right. And then, so, all right. Let, let the, are, you, are, you, are you a Swifty? Are you a Taylor Swift fan? Oh, Tay Tay? You know what? I wasn't before, but she's. You album last, last I, night at midnight. Did you listen? I know. I haven't heard it yet. I've heard, I've been what? reading about it. So, look, the last. Unbelievable. The last 24 hours, I have been, and this goes out to your listeners as well. I could use some help. I have been, I'm, I have some chickens coming in. I raise chickens. What? I've got another 20 chickens. Yeah, I've got, ba- so little, so I've got, ba- I've raised bantam chickens. I've got a couple right now, and I'm getting a couple what are those. More. Um, so it's like a weight class, right? And they're chickens okay. that are no larger than four pounds. So they're mini chickens. They're adorable. They're the eggs are the eggs are tiny. You need like fifteen of them to feed yourself for one breakfast. But it's they're cute, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm getting another group of chickens coming in. My sister and I named all of these after wing sauces. So I have lemon pepper, <laughs> oh shit, aioli, and honey mustard. Um, what about the, uh, damn, there's one that Buffalo Wild Wings has. It's like the, uh, Oh, we had ranch, we had blue cheese, but I guess no, that's too, ranch. that's too predictable. It's like this Asian, Asian zing. Asian, that's too long. <laughs> Asian zing. That's Asian the one zing. <laughs> Could that's... you imagine me just screaming that in my backyard? Asian, Asian zing, zing, come here, come put, here. Put that nine, come here. <laughs> put that <laughs> weapon down. <laughs> I'm already yelling at four dogs all day long. I can't just be screaming random, that's like. True. But so, well, so now we've come up with like a, you know, I I pulled my friends and I was like, put on Instagram and Facebook. Hey, I need you guys to give me like rapper singer names. I'm naming my next batch of chickens after different groups or musical groups. And we got so many funny responses. We're still, we're still short a few, but like Metallicockadoodledoo is probably (laughs) one of my favorites. Three well, chicks I mean, Iron Maiden, right? You got Iron Chicken, Iron... That's got to be like a really punny, like, we've got iron, some really good play poultry. on words. All right. I'm going <laughs> to get involved. work on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get involved. I'm going to get involved in this tonight. All right, so you still didn't really give us a prediction, though. Who's winning? Uh, Who's going to be what? president when we wake up on November 9th? Oof. I think it's November 9th. Let me consult the calendar. Mike Pence. Hey, you know what? Yeah, November 10th. No, November 11th. Wait, is the election the third or the, ninth, or the 10th this year? I think it's the third. All right, anyway, you think Mike Pence. And you know what? You know why I won't discount that is because um, one of the things I do on this show or just in general on Twitter is uh, gambling and the odds and analysis. Ooh. And then I make a lot of predictions. I mainly football season. I do a lot of predictions, but I do the UFC as well, but I do pay attention to political things. And this is why I was able to capitalize on Donald Trump in 2016 is because I watched the odds shift quickly towards the run up and it was all going away from Clinton. And I was just like, fuck it. Trump's he's still here. I don't know how, but I'm going to pay attention to people who know more than me, right? That's, yeah. that's my thing with sports betting. Um, and Pence is, he's not that far of a long shot when it comes to the Republican 
nominee. I don't think Trump wants to. I don't think Trump wants to win. I don't either. I don't I think. He, I don't think he said this. To, yeah, and I agree with you. I don't. I don't think he wants to win. No, he never thought and he I was going to win the first time. I don't think. I think he did it all for political or not political, but he did it for popularity. But if you look at Pence, he has a really strong family tie with the Koch brothers, and he that that goes way back. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I kind of think that this has been like a like a setup for the for Pence. That's my prediction. I, I, if it, I was it, it this is my tin. This is me and my my tin. I think hat, if it was you know? no, yeah, I, I'm I'm all about the tin hat. I think if it was if it was Pence, I think he would have a harder time winning against Biden than Trump. Why he can formulate whole sentences. No, no, he can. But but are we gonna get are we gonna get that opportunity to showcase that? Are we even gonna get a, an actual debate this year? I mean, we're not. Re- oh, oof. over you know Zoom. I mean? Maybe it'll be a Zoom. Debate. Because if it was Trump, I mean, if it was Pence versus anybody, like you put Pence against Trump, you'd be like, all right, I want Pence because that guy can speak a full sentence. You yeah. may not agree with the man. Like he's got a lot of views that I think most Americans aren't in line with, but. He's an yeah. adult. He sounds like an adult and he, and he comes across empathetic and he can formulate full it's, sentences, okay. do you which want, neither of our two candidates currently can do. Do you want like angry, angry, creepy, oh. angry, creepy grandpa? Or you know do you what? want like senile grandpa or like the two options between Pence and Trump? Yeah. Let me, let me, let me give you this analogy and this is what's great. So my dad is a huge, he, he loves Trump. He's a huge fucking Republican guy or whatever. And he was always a Democrat before he moved from New Jersey to Florida. But I told you we moved to Florida when I was five. I think my dad was probably like, probably like my age, 38, 39 when he moved. And then that's when his political thing shifted because you, you grow up in New Jersey. You, you are a product of where you come from for the most part, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he, he's, he's all about supporting Trump or whatever. And my brother and I were, at this point, my brother's definitely an independent, but we lean conservative. And I've kind of got to where you are. Like, I'm like this side or this side, that doesn't define me anymore. I'm, a, I'm yeah. an independent. You know what I mean? Like, um, do I lean more conservative? Yeah, you know that, right? So. Depends on this, the issue. It depends on the issue. It man. does. It depends a, on the I'm issue. A, I'm a gun-toting liberal, as I that like to true. say. That is true. I'm a that gun-toting is, liberal. I want everyone to hear this. I know it took two hours <laughs> and 27 minutes, but she's very second <laughs> So, um, but my thing is, uh, it comes down to how you conduct yourself. Agreed. Okay. And now, uh, uh, you know, my position in the military, my brother, you know, is a, a, a manager of a business. And I, I said to my dad, this was a few months ago. I'm like, look, let me just, let's just put it out there like this. Do you want myself and my brother, your sons, conducting ourselves in our job like this guy does. I like that. That's what I said. And, yeah. and you know what he said? Well, well, no, I don't want that. And I'm like, so you're trying to tell yeah. me the standards you have for your sons and our everyday life is somehow lower than what you have for the fucking president of the United States. And that's my point. That is my point. Now, I'm not saying that dictates how I vote. I'm just saying... Remember this as you go forward, your standard for how you want your kids to act or you yourself should probably align with how you want the fucking leader of your country. And I don't think that's a lot to ask because I'm sorry, I don't, I can respect what the man does behind the scenes and I can, I can disrespect that at the same time. I had a lot of issues with President Obama, but when the man stood up in front of the mic, 
that's what I want someone to be like. Yeah. I may disagree with him on everything else. What, what is it that they tell us in the military? Respect the rank. You don't have to respect the person. You don't have to respect, respect the man. The, right? exactly. You don't have to respect the man. I don't respect the man, but I respect the position. Right. I respect, yes. I respect and love tying it around. I fucking love this country. I'm an American through and through. Yep. I was born and raised I, here. I know you are. You know, I've, I've served in, you know, I've served and worked in the government for the better part of the last 11 years. I like, I don't know anything else. Um, and I don't want to know anything else. I've had the opportunity to travel. I've traveled all over the yeah. world. Uh, you know, I've been to dozens of countries. It's, I've had a very charmed and very blessed life. But this is home. You know what I mean? This is it. And this is worth yeah. fucking fighting for. And me personally, I, I'm hoping after November, I hope we see some positive change. That's what I'm hoping for. I don't, I don't give a shit what color the fucking t-shirt is. I don't care what color the skin is. I don't care what gender they are. I don't give a shit as long as it's the right person for the job and that person's genuinely interested and has a vested stake in what the fuck is going on here. And not for their buddies at fucking Washington and not for the people and the, you know, not the lobbyists and all of the fucking corporations. Fuck those guys. I want, I want to know what's going to happen for, for you, for your daughter, for the fucking following generations, for my dogs. Yes. You know, dog, what's going to happen to all them? If dogs, I go, lives all dogs, dogs lives matter. You know? <laughs> Yeah. That's it. And I, I think so, that's perfect. I think that's a perfect way to surmise it and a perfect way to end it. And um, as this progresses and hopefully doesn't die, but I would love to actually get you back on probably after, <laughs> after November and kind of, yeah, let's kind of drop in there and kind of see where we're at at that point. But no, I do appreciate everything you, you put forward tonight. And uh, I thank you for being a, a friend throughout all of our disagreements over the years. I'm glad we've managed to keep it together, but I, I, I'm, sh I'm sure you understand that I, I respect everything and where you come from. And, and I did learn a lot more about you tonight. And I hope anyone who actually listens to this, I'm, I'm not trying to get you to, to think one way or the other. I just want you to realize that there are people out there like Veronica who may think differently than you and you should respect where they come from. You should respect why they think the way they do and you should listen to it more importantly. So. And you can still be friends with people with different opinions. Imagine fucking that. <laughs> you don't have to think alike to be friends. It's true. Right. <laughs> Veronica, thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon. I hope. All right, Eric. Bye. Airborne out. All right.